With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Morning Edition on 90.7 WFAE and WFAE.org. I'm Marshall Terry. Last year was a particularly deadly one for construction workers in Charlotte. At least six died on the job, the most that has occurred in about a decade and a half. That's according to analysis of state Labor Department data by the Charlotte Observer. The paper also found in 2022 and 2023, the state reduced the fines companies face when their workers die more than 40 percent of the time. Gavin Off is one of the reporters who wrote the story, and he joins me now. First, Gavin, walk me through the process. Uh, An accident occurs at a work site. Who conducts the investigation and how is a financial penalty determined? After an accident occurs, investigators with the Occupational Safety and Health Division, and that's within the North Carolina Department of Labor, they look at what happened. The penalty amount depends on a few things, including the severity of the accident, maybe it's a fatality, the company's history with workplace safety, and the company's role in the accident. Willful violations are the most serious ones, and they are violations in which the business knowingly failed to comply with safety requirements. Okay, so obviously when one of these uh, very unfortunate accidents happens, companies want the lowest fine possible, and they are sometimes able to negotiate with the state. Uh, Why would the Department of Labor agree to do that? I mean, what's in it for them? Yeah, the state negotiates with companies for a few reasons. Let's look at two recent high-profile examples. Baker Insulation was a contractor that was initially fined and cited for four serious violations related to that massive fire at a construction site in South Park. The state fined the company around $6,200 and reduced it to $4,600. Another high-profile example was Friends Masonry, and that subcontractor was involved in last year's scaffolding collapse on Moorhead Street that killed three workers. Uh, Friends Masonry was initially fined $43,500. That was reduced to about $29,000. And the reason the state is willing to drop the penalties is because it's faster to settle a case when it drops a penalty. And the faster that it settles the case, the faster that the hazards have to be fixed. In the case of Friends Masonry, it was cited for failing to repair the scaffolding that collapsed and for failing to inspect it. If Friends Masonry fought the penalty and if it went to court, it could go on for a year or more. And on top of that, the state says when it reduces a fine, It usually requires companies to make additional improvements, such as extra training or extra inspections. These requirements go beyond what the state already asked the companies to do. But as you write in the story, families of victims don't necessarily agree with the approach of lowering fines, right? What's their argument? Yeah, that's right. And and family members have a lot to say. Uh, One, they say that the fines are too small to start with. Their loved one's lives are worth more than, say, $15,000. Then when they hear that the state reduces a fine, they say that that sends the wrong message that it's okay to mistreat or endanger workers on the job. How does North Carolina compare to other states with these types of fines? North Carolina penalties were below average, but in 2022, so just a couple of years ago, it upped the penalty amount to match federal rates. 
Now, as far as reducing penalties, uh, last year, after negotiating, state-made companies here pay around 81% of that initial fine. The average amount collected nationwide was 70%. So North Carolina isn't reducing penalties as much as the nation as a whole. So are these fines enough to hold companies responsible for worker deaths and enhance their safety measures, or do they often just amount to a slap on the wrist? Uh, that's just it. The, the families and the advocates who we spoke with say the fines won't bring loved ones back, but they should act as a deterrent. And when the state routinely cuts these penalties, that deterrent goes away. All right. Well, thank you for joining me and talking more about your reporting. Thanks, Marshall. That's Gavin Off, a reporter with the Charlotte Observer. Football is a man's game. You have to be a mature person to play it the way we laid it out to play in the National Football League. That was never meant for a seven-year-old to do. I'm Irv Cross, a former NFL player who played in the National Football League for nine years between the Philadelphia Eagles and Los Angeles Rams and coached for a few years in Philadelphia before I joined CBS Television for 21 years. In a landmark 2015 settlement, the National Football League promised to compensate former players who developed dementia and other brain diseases linked to concussions. Since then, the NFL has awarded $1.2 billion to more than 1,600 athletes. But a Washington Post investigation found the league saved hundreds of millions of dollars by rejecting payouts to hundreds of retired players suffering from dementia, including many who died. Washington Post reporter Will Hobson joins me now to discuss his investigation. Will, thanks for joining us. You reviewed 15,000 pages of documents related to the cases of 100 former players. You spoke to players and widows and doctors. Before we get into the details, what kind of trend emerged in your reporting about how the NFL viewed and treated these claims? Well, we found that basically that this settlement has its own unique way to define dementia. And that's one big component, that, that there are players out there, many players out there, who are getting diagnosed with dementia. And they, they obviously have the symptoms of dementia, but they don't meet the settlement standards. So they're getting denied for money and medical care that they and their lawyers thought they were going to get. So the leagues of the players suffering from CTE would get the settlement claims once they develop signs of dementia. Your reporting found of 1,241 former players who filed dementia claims based on diagnoses from their doctors, only about 15 percent were approved. Why so many denials? Well, uh, they're... The league contends there's been a lot of fraud, and, and I do believe that that, that is true. There, there were a significant number of, of players who didn't actually have these conditions who attempted to get paid. But, um, you know, as we documented, there also are a lot of guys out there who indisputably had dementia, went through this process, saw their claims get denied, and then died and had CT confirmed that autopsy. You do tell the story of Irv Cross, a former NFL star who's a barrier breaker as well in terms of being an on-air broadcaster for the league for years. What happened to him? Mr. Cross, when he went through this process in uh, 2018, he had already been diagnosed with dementia. Uh, he was at this point having trouble speaking, um, maintaining conversation. Uh, the doctors even noted that um, his, his clothing was soiled that day. His wife said she needed to remind him to change his clothes. But uh, he didn't uh, score low enough on cognitive tests for the NFL settlement's definition of dementia. So he was denied, uh, or he was told he didn't qualify for a settlement payment. He ultimately passed away a few years later of what his doctors thought was Alzheimer's disease, but an autopsy found it was actually CTE. And how common was that kind of case? Uh, without being able to review every of the every one of the thousands of denials, we couldn't tell you exactly precisely how common, but 
uh, I, the, the NFL is easily saving hundreds of millions of dollars based on how this settlement was designed. Well, you've also reported previously on the race norming practice that was negotiated as part of the settlement, meaning that black players were treated differently when it came to cognitive assessment than white players. Even the black players make up the majority of the league. Did any of that impact these diagnoses and the settlement payments? Uh, they did. They did. I mean, Mr. Cross actually was one example. His part of the reason he didn't qualify on the cognitive test score front was because his scores were race normed. Uh, which is basically the, the test scores were curved and adjusted a little bit based on a formula that assumes black former players uh, naturally perform worse on these cognitive tests than, than white former players. And how does the NFL and the representatives respond to everything you reported? Well, the NFL uh, contends that the settlement's definition for dementia isn't actually more difficult than, than the regular one and that the doctors we've interviewed on that point are mistaken. Uh, they also point out that the settlement is overseen by an independent administrative law firm and a federal judge. And so the NFL isn't directly controlling how a lot of these claims play out. It's a fascinating investigation. People can read the full report online. That is Will Hobson of The Washington Post joining us tonight. Will, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks. Billy Holiday, I sing your blues. Bet your life against me, and I swear to God you're losing. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Motherfuck the cops, we still singing for St. Louis. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske, in for Elaine Chop. Two Starbucks baristas fought back after a pair of robbers held up their store. They were able to detain one of the robbers until police came. Now the robbers face criminal charges. But then Starbucks fired the baristas. Our legal roundtable has some thoughts on whether the baristas have a good lawsuit against Starbucks. And once again, our legal roundtable is here to make sense of what it all means. Every month, we convene this panel of top St. Louis area lawyers, and I'm honored to come back to St. Louis Public Radio every month to host it. And this month's panel, it's a really good one, it's here with me today in studio. That includes Eric Banks. He's a former city councilor for the city of St. Louis, also an attorney and mediator at Banks Law. Eric, welcome back. Thank you. And we're also joined today by the one and only Beavis Shock. He practices in Clayton at Shock Law. Beavis, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. And we're also joined today by Sarah Swadish. She's a labor and employment attorney who is in private practice at the law office of Sarah Swadish. Sarah, welcome. Good afternoon. So let's kick things off by talking about Starbucks. Their store on South Grand, that's that famous flying saucer Starbucks that we all love, was held up by two gun-wielding robbers. Well, one of the robbers allegedly cracked a patron on the head and the gun broke. It wasn't a real gun. That's when several baristas fought back. These heroes were able to detain one of the bad guys. Now he's facing nearly a dozen felonies. But the baristas were fired. One of them says he's going to sue. Sarah, does he have a good case for wrongful termination? I would like to say yes, um, but probably not. Mm -hmm. It, it goes against our intuition that if we are helping, if we are being a good Samaritan, we won't be punished for it. But that's simply not true. Most stores, most retailers have a no chase policy. Uh, a few of the big box retailers say if somebody's leaving with 50 bucks in merchandise, 
don't stop them. Yeah. Let them go. And most of these places, retailers also have policies that say under no circumstances, even if it's $1,000, do you go past the curb. They simply won't let the employees uh, stop thieves. Yeah. Uh, the work comp risk is too high. The injuries are too high. Injuries to other patrons are too high. Most of these employees are taught that friendly service is the best deterrent. Yeah. Right. Follow up with the customer, meet them, smile at them, look them in the eye. They don't want to be remembered. They're <laughs> going to walk away. So I actually got into this lawsuit and I looked at it and the the individual, Mr. Harris, is not suing because he was fired for apprehending a thief. He's suing because he previously complained of unsafe conditions. Mm -hmm. And then he stopped the, the thief and he says, you fired me because I blew the whistle about unsafe conditions. He's not actually alleging he got fired for stopping the, the thief. Now, is that just a clever lawyer finding their way around all those things that you just elucidated? Or do you think this is a claim that it does make sense? This is this is potentially a whistleblower or somebody who spoke out and then re was retaliated against. Oh, I, I I don't I haven't spoken with Mr. Harris specifically, um, but I would definitely give the case a second look if, if he had called me. I would say, well, what was the nature of your complaints of unsafe condition? Was it the food was old and you're serving spoiled food? Then, then the, the apprehension and the complaint don't really go hand in hand. But if he's complaining about violence on the premises and then he gets attacked, I'd say, well, that makes a lot more sense. And he probably, our whistleblower law is is really tight on who qualifies as a whistleblower. Mm -hmm. um, and based on what I know of him, he would absolutely qualify. Hmm. So I, I think he does qualify as a whistleblower. I'd like to see what his complaints are, but I think it gets a real a real look. Now, Eric Banks, uh, Sarah made a really good case of why Starbucks might have such a policy that employees aren't allowed to fight back in a situation like this. But you think about you're there and somebody's cracking someone upside the head. You might have some sort of fear of your life. Does that help you be able to justify, okay, I've now taken action to stop this robber. And that puts it in a different light than if you're just chasing some shoplifter, which, of course, we understand we can't have store employees doing that. It certainly does. And at a minimum, Starbucks's general counsel should be fired as well as their um, marketing slash public relations department for allowing it to get this far. And what turned the corner for me was I understand that the miscreants told the customers to lie down mm. and then to give up their belongings. And that sounds like a prelude to an execution to me. Yeah. Now, admittedly, the gun was defective, um, but they got what they were entitled to. Yeah, I mean, that's a terrifying situation. When somebody tells you to, to lie down on the floor, you're thinking, this is a bank robbery where Bonnie and Clyde are about to, to come out and shoot me and these patrons. Beavis, does that change the equation at all? A little bit, I think. Um, so first of all, there's, there is a, there's no, no weapons sign at Starbucks. You can bring your gun in, uh, at least the one I go to. Um, I can guarantee you that headquarters in Seattle, they got about 20 cops stopping the bad guys from coming in, so they're leaving their people out to dry. Mm -hmm. I think there's a good self-defense argument, as Eric's alluding to. I think Sarah's a genius to come up with the analysis, the, the whistleblower. Um, but, but to me, it's like this deal with the Houthis or the Houthis attacking our ships. They do that. We know exactly where that, that bomb came from. 
it should be destroyed within 30 seconds, and everybody there should be killed. And that will slow them down. And it's the same thing at Starbucks. These people coming in, whether it's Starbucks, Cartier, or whatever, you have to attack back to let them know where the real standards are. Dear Lord, never put me in a Starbucks with Beavis. That is terrifying. Yes, one attacker had a defunct gun. There is a second attacker, and we don't know if he has a gun or a knife or some other weapon. And so we can wild cowboy this scenario after the fact and say, good job stopping the thief. But that conduct by Mr. Harris and Mr. Jones could have resulted in somebody else getting killed. They didn't. I mean, the, thankfully, the second uh, thief ran off. You was know, later apprehended. Yeah, and later apprehended. But in that moment, when they decide back, they don't know if uh, thief number two has a weapon. Well, what about Eric's point? I mean, they're getting ready to execute execute these people. I'm going to defend myself. <laughs> I'm not lying down for no! any of this stuff. No, 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 absolutely not. Every every thief, every burglar, every everybody says get on the ground because a person on the ground is less dangerous. It does not mean execution. It means get on the ground because you're gonna. It's going to create, oddly enough. A safer environment. Hmm. Well, Sarah, you are a, a seasoned hand in these. If, if I'm ever at a Starbucks that's getting held up, I want Sarah there to be telling me what to do. It's you know, as a good lawyer would. Uh, that's that's some good legal advice. This is why I love hosting the Legal Roundtable. Is we might be talking about Starbucks and baristas who've gotten fired. The next thing you know, someone's bringing up the Houthis. Did not realize I should have to prepare for for that topic to come up today. But Sarah, if Starbucks had not fired these young men. Do you think this is opening them up for liability or opening them up for a situation where later somebody who does fight back, if something goes wrong, they could say, oh, well, Starbucks encouraged this. This happened at the St. Louis Starbucks in the newspaper. Does that potentially create a problem for them? I, I don't think so, because like all situations are different, right? We're not allowed to protect property with a life but we can protect a life with a life and so i i think it just depends on what weapon they have and how many thieves there are and i, I think the 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 circumstances are, are too on mm -hmm. too nuanced this is five on your side at noon focused on you as we go on the air at noon we are following developing news out of washington missouri congresswoman cory bush is being investigated by the Justice Department. Thanks for being here at noon. I'm Kay Quinn. According to Punchbowl News, the Democrat is being investigated for allegedly misusing funds meant for private security. Our political editor, Mark Maxwell, joins us with the late-breaking details about a subpoena at the Capitol. Mark? Yeah, Kay, we have not yet laid eyes on that subpoena ourselves, but we have independently confirmed that several members of Congresswoman Cori Bush's staff have also been served with subpoenas in recent weeks Warning bells started ringing publicly yesterday when a clerk of the U.S. House read the existence of that new subpoena into the record on the House floor. So as you can imagine, reporters immediately started digging. We had previously reported that Bush's campaign expenses, not her government funds, had come under scrutiny for spending so much on security. She would later marry one of those security guards, Courtney Merritts. Her aides have told us that they warned her about how that might look, the optics of it. After a six-month investigation, the Congressional Ethics Office dismissed that complaint. We're now hearing the feds may be looking into whether Bush used either federal money or campaign funds for her and her husband's international travel to Central America. She's also spoken a great deal about her own personal experiences with the pressures of poverty and life on the job in the public eye. Just Saturday, 
She suggested the $174,000 salary in Congress wasn't quite enough to cover all the cost of living there. D.C. costs about three times as much as St. Louis. We got to have a home where we live, and we got to have a home in D.C. So we got two homes, two sets of clothes, two sets of shoes, toothpaste, everything. So Bush's office hasn't officially commented on all of this, but what are you hearing about what's going on? Yeah, her official aides right now are bunkered down, as you might imagine. There's a decent amount of panic setting in here. Just in the last few months or so, Bush lost her chief of staff, her campaign manager, a lot of staff heading for the exits, and her campaign was 100 grand in debt at last report. We don't know yet exactly how she'll respond, uh, and she hasn't been charged. we got to say that, but people close to her do expect no matter what, she's going to dig in and fight this thing. Of course, we still have a lot left to learn. Uh, there's a reason why the FBI doesn't usually name the target of an investigation until they have charges. So right now, for Congresswoman Bush, it's just really hard, almost impossible, to fight against something when you don't know exactly what you're fighting against. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll hear more today. Are you expecting more developments? We're, sta we're digging on things. We're trying to learn exactly more about what, uh, what exactly they might be looking at. And, and a lot of these records are public, so we're going to go digging through those and see what other context we can try to put together. All right. Thank you, Mark. I ever tell you about the first time I leave the state of Georgia? When was that? A few minutes back. Go on. Yes. <laughs> now, my daughter, she's married to a Pullman Porter, you know. She's always on the go. York, Detroit, St. Louis. <laughs> I say, well, now that's all well and good, Tommy Lee, but I just don't feel the need for it. So here it is, first time. And I might tell you, Miss Daisy, Alabama ain't looking like much so far. An engineer in Huntsville, Alabama, is suing a major defense contractor, arguing he was fired because of his national origin after he spoke Hindi on the job. His lawsuit has drawn the support of a high-powered former federal prosecutor with experience in national security cases. NPR's Debbie Elliott reports. Anil Varshney worked for decades as a systems engineer in the missile defense industry, until one day when he answered a video phone call from his dying brother-in-law in India. And we talked in Hindi, my native language, for less than two minutes. And next thing I know that I was fired. The defense contractor, Parsons Corporation, had a security guard escort him out of the building. Oh, it was the most embarrassing time of my life. I said, after 22 years of dedicated, loyal work for this missile, and I was so proud of working here. Varshney, who is 78, has filed a federal lawsuit against Parsons and the U.S. Missile Defense Agency alleging discrimination based on race, color, national origin, and age. He says there had been a pattern of mistreatment that singled him out because of his nationality. I was called the thing. Uh, they would interrupt me like, what I say doesn't mean too much. So these kinds of behavior, you know, you finally become numb to them. Varshney is a naturalized U.S. citizen and raised his family in Huntsville, the North Alabama city, as a hub for the defense and space industries. He says despite the work environment, he never filed a formal complaint with the Parsons Corporation, worried that he could be labeled a problem employee. The Virginia-based firm says that's an issue, that Varshney's allegations of discrimination had never been raised internally and are unsubstantiated. 
Through a spokesman, company representatives declined to be interviewed for this story, providing only a written statement. It says Varshney's termination had nothing to do with his national origin, race, or age, but that he was fired for using a camera on his cell phone at a classified work site, a security violation. Varshney says white colleagues were never punished for similar behaviors and believes he was unfairly targeted. Former New York U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara agrees. He was discriminated against because of who he was, where he came from, and how he spoke. Barrara, now in private practice, says this is not typically the kind of case he would take on, but that he was inspired by Varshney's story, one similar to his own family's, of immigrating from India to make a better life. I was moved by his contributions to the country, and I was horrified by the way that he appears to have been treated. I think that Mr. Varshney has shown himself to be as patriotic and American as anybody who was born in this country, working in the service of the defense of this country. And I think it's very, very unfortunate that he has had to suffer what he's had to suffer, given that track record and background. And Neil Varshney says he's not been able to find defense work since being fired by Parsons. He says the company has effectively blackballed him from his career. I, I want my name back. Uh, I I want justice. I don't want people in my situation to be treated like this with the, by these companies. The companies should learn that they just cannot get by this. The lawsuit seeks to have Varshney reinstated and awarded lost wages. Debbie Elliott, NPR News, Huntsville, Alabama. That is the interaction with black people and white people every day, wherever they happen to be. It's going to be one of those categories, a combination of all three, before the day is over. But it, it doesn't get any better than tacky. I call it the three T's. <laughs> tacky, trashy, terroristic. That's it. Anywhere on the planet you're off. A staffing change at Troy Community Consolidated School District 30 in Plainfield last year is the subject of litigation against the district. Former administrator Rion Gibson is suing the district, alleging his civil rights were violated. He claims he was forced out after complaining about an exercise he viewed as perpetuating racial stereotypes. I believe it was about race intimidation. In his legal complaint against the school district, Gibson says this was the doll used in a staff holiday exercise called Snoop on the Stoop. Administrators and teachers took photos with the doll that appears to be based on rapper Snoop Dogg with fake money and drug paraphernalia attached. We've blurred the faces in this photo as they are not named in the lawsuit. Me being the only African-American male in the entire room and everyone seeing, being so happy to utilize the doll, uh, it was a very interesting paradigm for sure. How could this happen in a public school? Gibson alleges he complained, and the administrator who actually brought the doll into the office was put in charge of Gibson's review, which led to the district not renewing Gibson's contract. It was just very interesting to see how the only person who reported it, you know, got ousted. How do you have no minority in a... In a significantly minority school. It just, they're failing people. They're just failing the community. The district declined an interview request and issued a statement saying in part, 
the school district categorically denies Mr. Gibson's allegations and goes on to say the doll was removed from the school district's property and discipline was imposed. This incident, however, had nothing to do with Mr. Gibson's performance evaluation rating or non-renewal. The Board of Education remains committed to providing an educational environment and workplace free of racism, discrimination, or harassment in any form. Gibson and his attorney disagree. Gibson says he was told he had to resign or be fired by the board. He says he submitted a resignation under protest because he didn't want a dismissal to tarnish his record. I'm going to stand for what I believe in. That's how my parents raised me. And every day when I look at my son and I tuck him in bed at night, I know exactly who I'm doing it for. So I'm going to ask Troy to reflect and see who they're really doing it for. Gibson is now working for another school district. The parties are due in federal court on this complaint in May. One Michigan woman is out of a job this morning after she was fired for trying to give one of her co-workers a goodbye gift. Police in Celine say the woman baked laxatives into brownies for her departing colleague's send-off. They were able to confiscate the tainted brownies before anyone ate them thanks to another employee who tipped off management. The woman is not facing charges but potentially could have if anyone had eaten those brownies. Wow. Kath, or excuse me, not Catherine Massey Book Club, neutralizing workplace racism. It's Groundhog Day, so they say, if that means it. I don't know what the rodent saw or did not see, but I know here in Seattle it was 955 degrees. Midpoint of this here Friday, February 2, 2024. Man, spring is here. I don't know what the rodent says. She put the laxative in the brownies. I found that as I was doing my research, I think I was looking at something. In fact, I think I was looking at the trial for the Crumbleys, Jennifer Crumbley specifically, Ethan Crumbley's white mother on trial in Michigan might be convicted. Evidence that they brought out this week, like, ooh-wee, <laughs> she might be convicted. Anyway, as I'm looking at the news site and they have other reports and things on the side, I think that's where I saw it because they had other reports on the side and they mentioned, I think, the, the Brownies thing. Because that was from 2018, and I never do that. I mean, never. Same thing with the compensatory call-in. All of the reports that we hear at the beginning, these are things that happened within the last seven days. Always. It's never. We got to go back and dig through the catacombs and find something from 30 years. Nah, nah, nah. Last seven days. That's it. That was from 2018 with the Brownies, but man, just read Swango and all the rest of it. Wow. If I had seen that in 2018, I would have played it. But I saw it now. Some things better late. 
then never. And it, it gave me pause because they did not prosecute her. They said that since no one actually consumed the brownies, they're not going to pursue this criminally. I said, I don't, in my estimation, that shouldn't matter. I mean, if someone hadn't snitched, you know, the intent was there, they were baked and ready for delivery, like, eh, eh, nah, 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 <laughs> nah. Anyway, that notwithstanding, but it gave me pause because I said, okay, this is what they told us a send off. This was for someone who is no longer going to be working there. They're moving on, retiring, whatever it is. Could have just let it go. You know, I'm I'm not going to your party. Hmm. When they come around and they got the old tacky card and all the rest of it, you know, best wishes and learn so much from you. Keep in touch. You know, you got five dollars. We want to get her, you know, gym membership or something like that to remember us. We want to get her one of those mugs or something like that. Eh, eh, I don't no thank you. I don't I'm str- I'm I'm trying to save. I'm you know don't think I'ma have enough money for a black history month get together or nothing. Yeah, I don't I don't have five dollars to spare and no, I don't I don't want to think I think I want to sign the card either, but I do appreciate it. Thank you. She could have done that left the matter alone. Oh no, no. No, mm-mm. I'm a fix old Peggy and get the brownies together and relax it. <laughs> and then I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you put the laxative in the brownie. Was this intended like you were going to give a whole platter of brownies to one person since this is a so-called send off as she's leaving? You walk her out to the car. Oh, it's been so amazing. Oh, just have a great time. I know you love brownies. Here you go. I made a fresh homemade brownies. Make sure you think. (laughs) Right. Is she going to do that? Even that I'm thinking like, dang, what is, does her grandmother live? (laughs) Does her mother live with her? Does she have small children? Does the dog get into the brownies? Does she have an eight-year-old, you know, and mom gets in the shower or something, he goes and woofs down three. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking, so that's one. Then I'm thinking, so is this like, these are send-off brownies, and the way that they do it, sometimes they'll have like a, a, a potluck, and so everybody will bake or bring an item and dump it in the cafeteria or the break room or whatever and we all come and you know sing for she's a jolly good fellow and you know whatever else and we all get a little plate and eat so everybody here is (laughs) like neither scenario is cool like if all of this is for one like you could have killed her that's what I meant about like why isn't this a charge like even if she lived by herself, you already checked. She doesn't have any family or friends because she's so lame. That's why you got to poison her. So she doesn't have any family or friends, no children. It's just her. Dang. So she could eat four or three of these, five of these. 
like that. And then like the indiscriminate nature that, dang, what if somebody beyond just her, like what us what if her grandmother's at the house, her mom is at the house who might be elderly, like might be a lot more difficult for her system to have all this unexpected laxity. Like, whoa, what if they got bowel problems? You know, can't. Co- <sighs> Do not eat anything in the workplace. That's another one where I'm like, our brain computer is not the same. We don't think the same. Remember, I've been saying that one for years. I just, to sit around, and this is a co like, did you, how, how long did you all work together? Days, months, years? What is the root of this animosity? Did she keep you from getting a promotion? She kept a family member, a loved one from getting a job. She kept you from getting a raise. Like you have to tell me something like what, what did she do? The source of this, that you can't even let it go once she leaves. Like, Hey, she's out of here now. So we can, you know, call her names and, you know, put her picture up and throw darts at it or whatever. But she's gone. Nah, 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 nah. I got to get in a lick. (laughs) And I mean, that's like, anyway, uh, do not eat things in the workplace Mike Swango no donuts no brownies no fried chicken no tea like I said even Swango I learned so much so even if I say hey I'm gonna go get Starbucks for everybody you want me to grab something nah 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 you do you put in an order like they got a new vegan restaurant around the corner and Ooh, they got an amazing lentil soup and I want to try it. Put the order, I'll go pick it up on my way. Nah, nah, nah. I don't care if they made it, they bought it, whatever. I'm g- I have a job, presumably. You make enough money, you can eat. I'm not depending on my coworkers to bring me crumbs. I'm not Devontae Hart. You got crackers peanut butter you think you eat no no I have a job thank you I'm good I'm good put laxative in the brownies neutralizing workplace racism see that's the thing I was not thinking about see hadn't told me hadn't have anyone say like man don't be going on the job and just oh you made what at home oh you made this that and neutralizing workplace racism not for spectators if you have figured out they don't come and try and slip whole mickey brownies on you you get your promotions you get your day offs they have any sort of kudos they put it in writing that you are competent punctual reliable consistent in your work they put it in writing in your permanent record justify giving you a nice fat raise promotion love it love it that's what you want if you figured out that you get all of your vacations 
They don't come and harass you for Negro History Month, make crude jokes about George Washington Carver and peanut butter. They don't do any of that. They don't come leave watermelon rinds on your desk. They don't do any of that. They don't steal your wages. They inform you about things accurately and in a timely manner the first time. If you figured out how to get yourself in that sort of environment, please share with us how did you accomplish this? Are there any tips you could help us accelerate getting to that sort of position in our own field? We're begging. Please, we need help. The number 605 313 5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com not for spectators, especially if you have figured out how to stop some of these racist assaults in the workplace. few of the tidbits that we heard at the beginning, as I said, it is uh, Negro History Month. I would be alert. So many folks have talked about over the years uh, throughout the U.S. Widespread number of racist comments jokes, antics in the office place, so I would just be alert. I personally would not want to participate in any sort of Black History Month celebrations. Uh, If they ask you to be a part of any panels uh, to come and speak, other employees, the whole building, anything like that, no thank you. No, I wouldn't even go into detail. We have I already have a lot on my plate, as they say, delectable Negro, And yeah, I just don't have time to allocate to another task, but thank you kindly for thinking of me. It would be especially so if they don't come ask you for any other projects that are constructed, but now they want you to be a part of the Negro History Month Committee. No, thank you. Uh, Let's see. The information that we heard in the beginning that their report on brain damage and the NFL. Oh man, I am so thankful they released that before the Super Bowl. Hopefully they'll have installments where they can talk about it for the next week. That is disgraceful. All of it, really. That's why I said I would not let your children watch the Super Bowl. That's why I keep going back 
not having a television in your house the heart white the adoptive racist lesbian white parents for the heart children non-white children killed in Oregon or California technically uh, but those white lesbians bragged we don't have a television we just have books we don't have all that technology and filth expose our children to and the social workers oh these are amazing white aren't these the best parents you can imagine they don't even have a television <gasps> wow, that's just amazing hey pfft. I do say that for a reason and I've said the only people that I've known who deliberately willfully did not have a television in their residence classified as white they still went to the movies and stuff uh, but no Super Bowl that football is the I mean you want to talk about filth and pornography nothing they got the cheerleaders and all right nothing is worse than football they make billions of dollars all the billions of dollars that they are about to make in the middle of Negro History Month and have the audacity to have they might even have it for the Super Bowl since George Floyd they'll have it at the end zone end racism and that sort of tackiness they won't have that every time but sometimes it'll just say that end racism beneath you know the Redskins or you could pick any other name it doesn't say that anymore but still please please uh, or Cowboys you pick one Arizona Cardinals where they didn't even want Dr. King as a holiday you can just keep picking one just keep picking one anyway Raider anyway, I'm sorry that's slave traders Raider or slave traders anyway um, do not let your children watch all of that they're about to make billions of dollars next week in the middle of Negro History Month they could have easily paid the medical bills for Irv Cross the late Jim Brown all the other decrepit Negro Amon Green what did he mention in the book they could get old Amon Green and the rest of these old decrepit black people wheel them out at the Super Bowl and say see don't we take care of our boys look at that boy look at don't they look great stand up or tell them what your name is hey I'm Irv Cross alright sit down we don't need to hear anymore see he knows his name he's good say he's great he's great alright get out of here get out of here say wait a minute I'm good I can think I'm great. My brain work. Let me talk. No, no, no. Get out of here. Get out of here. Say, wait a minute. I want to talk. Look, I'm clean. I got my pinstripes on. I'm dressed. You see, I'm fly. Get out of here. We, we, we got it. We got it. Racial show. We, we, racial showcasing is done. Thank you, Irv. Thank you, everybody. Doesn't it look great, everybody? Thank you, Irv. And then you get on with the game, make your billions, betting, all that rest of it, brain damage. Get all the rest of it. Get some more brain damage for Patrick Mahomes, right? Okay. You could do all that. No, 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 no. They use up old Irv Cross. Remember I told you last year, I said, I don't want to ever hear that again from anybody. Emmett Smith came out and said directly, he said, ooh, I know what's in store for me in my future because of what I've done playing tackle football. Have to get my things in order now while my brain works. That's Emmett Smith. Do not let your children play football 
watch football. In fact, that was Irv Cross at the beginning of it prior to having level four brain damage. Irv Cross, he said, my God, we didn't intend seven-year-olds to play this game. My God, I sit here as a coach and watch all these injuries. Oh, my God. That's the same thing that white woman, Julie Stamm, told us last year, neuroscientist, brain scientist. She said, nope. Wrote a whole book about this. Nah, probably shouldn't have children playing all this. Yeah, I know. the Scott, yeah, yeah. Probably shouldn't have children playing all this. Irv Cross said the same thing. You tell me I do my job. I play football for all these years. I coach football. Ambassador for the game. Racial showcasing. You wheel me out on television with Jimmy the Flippin' Greek. And tell me I'm such an humble Negro. And then I got brain damage so bad. My attempted wife has to come and tap me in the interview. And say, oh, man, did you got your clothes out of the dirty hamper. You didn't even get clean clothes. That's what we'll get you, honey. And for them to look at me and say, eh, you Negro's brain doesn't really. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. You don't have brain damage. You're good, Irv. We appreciate everything, but yeah, you don't have brain. You good, Irv. You good. Go on and get your clothes there. But you, you don't have no brain damage. We're not paying for that. You Negroes are dumb anyway. Remember, we just talked about that on Monday. We just talked about that race correction. We just talked about that. Dorothy Roberts and our guest, Dr. Jennifer Sy, they both just said, dang, that's basic. It's basic racism. It's no science to this at all. It's total pseudo-scientific BS and you won't stop doing it might even say dedicated that's what I mean like it's tacky don't come out and tell me and do all that malarkey and oh we love DeMar Hamlin and oh we're so glad he recovered so you can get more brain damage and maybe die for real next time we love him and it's so amazing that he recuperated and bravo to the medical staff and then you pull in some of the victims of tops this is the same white dude who owns that franchise he said we don't want no negro coaches matter of fact if you all don't like it you can go back to africa that's what i mean about the tackiness it's so tacky and trifling on so many like, like the minimum the minimum, like, okay, so when Emmett Till and all of our heroes, Lawrence Tamer, when they're old and decrepit and can't do nothing, the minimum, we'll make sure you can be in a comfortable bed. We'll take care. We, nah, nah, nah. And in fact, come back and tell us you don't have brain damage because niggers are kind of stupid anyway. Think about that for the Super Bowl. Right on Pat Mahomes. Think of matter of fact, Kansas City, all that's been happening in Kansas City. What happened to those missing black females, Pat Mahomes? Did he say anything about that? Anyway, uh Irv Cross, that segment about the baristas in Missouri, I was fascinated. We got Bay Area Scholar works at the Starbucks. Oh my God. We talked about crime. They closed some of the stores and what have you because of crime. So they say some reports that that has been 
fake news that retailers have been making that excuse about these robberies and things that they can drive up prices and such but either or uh, the report about these baristas where they had already reported to ownership that you know we're having safety issues crime is a problem you need to do something security something apparently they don't take any measures to improve safety and then they get robbed now they say in the report that one of the robbers he struck one of the customers over the head and that's when they realized that the gun was fake they jumped on him now from the photograph the arrest photograph mugshots if you will I think the person that they beat up interestingly is classified as white Joshua No N-O-E is his last name the other person who participated in the robbery uh, looks like a black male he's the one who they say absconded I guess once they figured out they didn't have real guns and so he takes off uh, but so they beat him up and they say the Starbucks policy is you're not supposed to intervene uh, you hey do what they say sit down we don't want we just want to get them out of the store and all of that now that's when that's why I said fascinating for so many reasons uh, one I would want to know the policy way before all this happens and particularly once you start reporting violence and safety issues and nothing's being done to address this oh man that's one where I talk about all the time with safety that's one where any other time I would say hey the policy says you don't intervene blah 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 if this has been a safety issue already and you've been reporting this and they're not doing anything about it hey everybody in the universe is entitled to do anything that they need to protect their safety I have no idea if they've been threatened before have there been robberies before carja who knows like if they have already been reporting and nothing has been done oh yeah that's PTSD and they got lots of literature on that so I mean hey uh, and interestingly when I first heard the details I was not thinking this was going to be an execution you heard in the audio report when they spoke with uh, the panel of attorneys they said or at least uh, one of them he said he thought hey this you know could be an execution type situation where they are telling them all to get out and they're going to go shoot them now I can't think of being truthful I can't think of a situation like that that has uh, taken place I think that's what I would normally be thinking if it's getting on the ground is they maybe are going to rob you but they don't want they at least want to obstruct your visibility and make it more difficult for you to try to fight back or run that type of thing what they said uh, to make it more safe for them robbing the establishment maybe you too but hey I don't know what the background is if they've already been saying that there are safety concerns here that are not being addressed anyway man that would be something I would knowing now I would want uh, any sort of job what are we supposed to do if some sort of robbery hostage whatever according to policy and our training what are employees supposed to do 
hopefully you have that in writing in the manual or they tell you and you can write it down are we going to be trained for how to respond if that sort of situation happens see what they say and if there are safety issues report them immediately and in writing date time super thorough that's for sure one for your workplace diary any sort of response I would want it in writing what are they going to do employee safety customer safety whatever the safety issue is what's going to be done to correct this problem and when super serious you even heard from the construction standpoint it's so widespread in in terms of a disregard for safety in the workplace and in general because we're on a plantation the system of white supremacy inherently unsafe but at least in the workplace we're supposed to pretend to be safe but yeah I'm very interested to see how this lawsuit uh, proceeds I do think it's relevant that the baristas Michael Harris Devin Jones Ransom these are two non-white males Uh, I think I don't know it might be different if these were two white men two white women a white man and a white woman whatever I think it might be a little different and this is two non-white males they beat on the white male robber in this I guess pair of thieves if they had beaten on the black male also might be a little different but to have two black guys whip on a white man's head pretty good it looks like they they lumped him up pretty good Eh. anyway uh, and I do also agree with the assessment from the report that hey this one guy has a fake gun you don't know if the other person has a fake gun or a bomb or a knife or black belt in jujitsu I mean you have no idea uh, so that totally makes sense and all the rest of it um, they've talked about certainly you can have these situations where someone else intervening that can shut things down it can go correctly and then you can have some situations where it goes the other way and certainly I would think from a uh, from a business perspective you probably would not want to encourage employees to be vigilantes because they're not trained to do so uh, and then with white supremacy racism and people being overzealous, uh, someone who comes in and there is a so-called misunderstanding and you end up knocking out and, you know, killing someone who was trying to ask directions or got confused about what was on the menu or, you know, not trying to rob the place. Uh, let's see. I immediately pivoted from that the segment on Corey Bush and the allegations. Uh, she's also in Missouri that she some sort of impropriety about funds used for security Uh, and this is another one uh, sounding similar to the Fannie Willis situation down in Georgia uh, where she uh, was engaged or I think got married eventually to one of the males uh, providing the security services Uh, once again why I've said no sexual activity with people that you work or do business 
I would major frown on that one for a lot of reasons. Not even that's normally not even one that I would be thinking about that. Ooh, you are going to be accused of some sort of uh, cronyism or nepotism and you're hooking up your sweetie pie with these contracts and giving them, you know, undue access and all this sort of thing. White people have done that for centuries. That's the whole system of white supremacy racism. But I hadn't even thought of that. But, yeah, that would probably be a part of it, too, in particular to see that, as I said, also down in Georgia with the Manny Willis uh, situation. So lots of reasons, no sexual activity amongst people that you work with, do business with. We're just going to be business partners, nothing else. Uh, let's see. Anil Varshney. He was speaking Hindi in the workplace down in Alabama, and they gave him the boot. Say so security came and get off of the premises. They say Parsons, the engineering company, uh, that this was because he had his phone out in a secure location. And that was against policy and procedure. And that's why this was done. Hmm. I don't know. He, he said he's seen other white employees with their phone out. And it did not result in them being grabbed by the scruff of the neck and booted from the premises. I believe that. And we've heard about in, inconsistent enforcement of mobile phone policy in the workplace before. I think uh, Caller Down in the Courthouse talked about that specifically and saying that if a black person, non-white person, if they have their phone out, they got no problem. Hey, Leroy, did we take no phones in the workplace? Warning, written warning, verbal warning, all they have no problem. This is the policy and procedure and this sort of thing that will keep you from getting a promotion. And all the rest of it. That's what I say about you. You shouldn't hide you in the first place. And he said, then it'll be white people. They'll come and be on their phone. And they'll just give kind of a real general, gentle reminder. Oh, hey. Hey, you lovely gals and guys. Uh, just a little easy reminder. If we could not be on our mobile devices. That's so great. It is policy and procedure. Sorry for the interruption. You... Have a blessed day. That's not what you said when Leroy had the phone out. What is that? See, they don't even want to be specific to call any white person's name. Look here, Tanya. Didn't I tell you about the phone? Didn't I? Didn't, nah, 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 nah. That's what I mean. Like, that's believable to me. That And particularly because they say Anil Varshney had been there for years. Like, if you've been there that long, haven't I earned it? Hey, got no phone, no phone, secure. Oh, no. You are out of here. And the timing, that too, like, nah, nah, nah. Racist man to walk by and he's like, do what? What? We got Osama bin Laden cousin that snuck in. Uh, uh, security, panic button, panic button, panic button. And you see, they say he can't get a job in the defense engineering industry said they so-called blackballed him system 
of white supremacy racism. See, they do all that gossiping and unjust networking. Oh, mm, that old Arneel Varshan, mm, that's Osama cousin. Mm, mm. Talk about cronyism too, because then see, they do. That's probably a small industry. Everybody knows everybody, so that's his cousin and brother and all the rest of it. And they just contact one another. Oh, mm, 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 That's what Colin Kaepernick say, right? 49ers, woo! And then the last one. They got old Mr. Gibson at the school. At the school. He said they had a team bonding activity with a Snoop Dogg doll that had on cannabis paraphernalia and cash wads of cash I don't know if he had his little microphone he's going and this is their team bonding and they got pictures with the doll and then a whole clan of white women with because that's hey teachers in public school white women now I'm trying to think of okay Mr. Gibson, privileged black male, you say that this is racism. So I said, so, okay, so if they brought in, and I'm trying, and I was like, I don't even know. A gay doll? I don't, with, I couldn't even, I couldn't even begin. I couldn't even, I couldn't think of something that this is going to mock white people. I don't know what that would be. Now, once we get back to the non-white people, I could think of some things, but I couldn't even, we're going to mock gay people like, ah, I couldn't even get started. The black people think I could think of it. Even that was another one where I had to pause. I was like, dang, I know when we were in school, if you wore a Snoop Dogg t-shirt, with some cannabis on it, the leaf and all that, man, they call that paraphernalia. You might be in school suspension. You might be at home suspension at minimum. At minimum, you are going to get a stern lecture. They probably going to grab you by the scruff of your neck, give you a foot in the hind parts and you're going to have to go sit in the principal's office until your parent can bring you a change of clothes. Not going to let you walk around all day in school wearing some cannabis leaves. I'm like, hey, it's cool. Snoop Dogg. What? What? This is the team bonding? Why is this the team bonding? Why does it have to be some old tackiness and racism for the team bonding act. Why can't we do something constructive? Snoop Dogg. Y'all sit around any other time. Like, oh, God. The children again with all this no count, filth, foreign rap, and, uh, bees and hoes and all the rest. We can, now we're going to be, oh, isn't it cute? He's got the little reefer in his hand and everything. Oh, let's take a picture. Now, now you see, the bonding for white people. These are the same folks that be ready to slip a laxative in the brownies. How are we going to bond? Racism.
Maybe we can do the brownies correctly. We won't even put the laxative in this time. We just sit around and tell some racist jokes. Drop it like it's hot. Hmm. Does not get any better than tacky. Mr. Gibson say he reported them for the old Snoop Dogg doll. They put the person in charge of his review who brought in the doll. call that retaliation uh, the number 605-313-5164 the code 564-943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail.com let us see uh, folks dialed in uh, if they do the laxative bomb <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I've been whew, the laxative we were just talking about that with <laughs> if we hadn't just read swangle I probably wouldn't have even played that real talk I Mm, it'd be like 50-50 but now with the swango like oh yeah every time now I get to say it every time like no eating in the workplace but I do think that's important to be so indiscriminate like eh, maybe your children get a little bit too eh, maybe the colleagues <laughs> anyway let's see folks who dialed in with commentary uh, line should be open proceed hello uh, yes, ma'am. Our caller in Georgia. Hi, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. I hope everyone's having the best evening they have. I'm going to try to go kind of fast because I got to get back to work. Lunch is almost over. Um, I guess um, the first thing is the Indian gentleman. Um, I feel bad for him. What he says sounds correct sounds like something people have experienced um technically he did break the policy it sounds like so you know good luck to him um i don't know i don't know if someone didn't tell him or whatever um but if you're not white you can't do what the white people do i don't i don't know if he missed that memo or whatever because it also said that he he was experiencing issues but he did not complain um, either way, you end up losing your job. So, I don't know. Lots, I say go down swinging, I guess, if you can. Um, of course, don't eat food at the workplace. I'm fortunate. My workplace is virtual, so I don't have to worry about anybody in particular giving me any food. Although they did give us um, an opportunity to order some snacks from some company. So, I got, I think, half water. You order 20 things, so I got half water and half the little itty bitty snack bags of things. Um, but I guess they have to poison everybody to get to me, and it's about a thousand boxes going out. So, you know, good luck to that. Uh, <laughs> let's see the other good stuff. I got my monitor every three years. I think I said that I got my monitor. Um, I go to work, I do my job. I did 
my manager, he did give me, he sent me a direct message um, saying I was quote unquote, and he put it in quotes, killing the metrics and that I was doing quote, quote, in quotes, superb. I don't know why superb was in quotes, but it's in writing. So I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do. Seems to be working out. Okay. Um, I've had some challenges because the way this company works, policies and rules, they kind of change a lot. Sometimes you might get two new policies in a day and things you have to follow up on. And so, like, if we try, if we follow the policy, you know, sometimes we can get kind of, I don't know, I want to, for lack of a better word, tricked by our internal customers. And so that kind of happened to me the other day, but I did follow the policy, so I'm not expecting any repercussions because I've proved we listen. They record every phone call. I don't know why they don't think they do. And when people request help, they request it in writing. And in writing, it states they wanted one thing, and they end up doing something else. So it's in writing. And then same thing happened today. Somebody wanted a discount. They're like, well, the other person gave me a discount. Um, I'm not the one for that. Don't start don't start that with me. And so I just clearly let them know. Um, that must have been a special situation. That is not what we do. And so I said, You have to go to your manager. The person was like, Are you trying to tell me I have to go to my manager? And that's kinda how they wrote it and I wrote it back just like them, Yes, I am telling you that. Go to your manager. So they went to their my manager, they got a discount, good for them. I'm not the person. You're not gonna you're not trapped. You're not trapping me. I I know my job. I know my policies. And one of and I know the five core values of my company. One of them is integrity without compromise. You're not getting me. I, no way, no how. I don't go with that. Um I don't I think I talked about it last week. You talked about, you know, consuming alcohol and things like that. Um, they had another dis- discussion led by a white person about, I guess, marijuana dispensaries. I try not to get involved because I don't do that. I don't know. I don't know. But then a black woman, she led a discussion about not eating Takis because of the chemicals and stuff in the food, which was, you know, we had some downtime, but I thought that was more constructive than telling, than talking about marijuana dispensaries. And another coworker, her son, she's white. Her son turned He's turning 18 tomorrow, and I guess he wants to drink. Damn, <laughs> they're about to drink. So she was like, if we're if you're gonna be at home, maybe I'll let you have a margarita. I'm like, I don't know. I was I was a different person. I did not have any. I made a mistake and drank out of my mother's cup, and there was alcohol in it. And I thought this is nasty. Why would someone want to get used to this? This is stupid. Um, and I was a child. And I still felt that way. I'm not trying to find the sweet or yummy liquor. Um, I'm out. <laughs> I'm a professional person. I have a license. I'm not trying to do anything to mess up my livelihood. And I don't know any glass of alcohol or anything that's worth that. So that's not what I do. But, you know, each his own. I don't mess with people. Um, I don't. I know it's a little mocky, but I, I kind of really don't care because when people do crazy stuff at work, I'm just like, oh, God bless their heart. God bless their heart. So now this person 
another person. Now that's what they say all the time. That's that's what they say all the time. So we laugh and I'm just like, whatever. As long as you're not cursing or whatever. If that's what you say, if that's what you took from me and somebody else, then that's what you took from us. Run with it. I really don't care. Um, in terms of, I guess, other things, I think I forgot when it was Dr. King's holiday. Usually we just go to work, take the time and a half, and no one says anything else. But the manager, he said, he was like, that day, because we had a meeting, he was like, let's be reflective of this day, what it means. And I was like, okay. Okay, white person. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never, you know, he was like, I know you'd rather not be at work. And I'm thinking, oh, it's time to have you. I, you know, like a light a candle. I'm going to get this check. You know, I, I have no problems being at work this day because what else am I going to do? So, and then someone put up a little thing saying it was whack his three months, but just like a little, I guess, gift or not gift. But little picture, I never seen that before. I was like, okay, this is new. Um, but usually we don't have discussions about things like that, about holidays, and we don't. We just were like, well, which holiday is time and a half, and, and that's kind of where we stand. We may talk about things like we'll talk about the Super Bowl in terms of when it's on, people don't call, so you know we sit there and take the money, but not. You know, sometimes they talk about sports. It all depends on the person. But in general, the job is going well. I'm doing okay at the job. And it's got like two minutes before I go back to work. And I do what I'm supposed to do. I help people out. My metrics are good because that's what I do. And it's virtual. And when it gets busy, we don't have time for extra. So we help each other our particular team in particular we're pretty good about helping each other out helping each other out so that's how it works over here and thank you love it black female caller or excuse me yeah i got it right the first time i think i got it wrong black female caller in georgia love it got the new monitor outstanding metrics maybe somebody else said that maybe that's why he had it in quotes maybe when they go to do the appraisal maybe talk to some of your uh, colleagues and maybe they said oh she is superb just on time brilliant work and knows her code and policy and always up to date superb wow I'm gonna write that down superb yes maybe that's how it happened Um, the God bless their heart. It's better than name calling. It's not cursing. Hey, it's not even gossiping. If that's all we're going to say, I will take that over a lot of the, you know, kind of gossip, uh, peanut gallery commentary, if you will. We're just going to make uh, kind of wisecracks and ridicule other people if they have done something foolhardy or something we don't agree with or whatever uh, they're doing God bless their heart back to work <laughs> keep right on right on uh, I am not sure in this late date why people are not more cognizant that these phone calls uh, in fact probably more than the phone call is being recorded 
certainly in the workplace. That is amazing. But if folks need reminders, give them that. That can be one. If you you know have children, make sure you tell them, remind yourself, and then if there are other non-white people, if you have mentee, well, I won't say mentee, uh, people who you are supposed to be advising uh, on their career path, you have a little bit more experience, they just started working at the company, if that's the sort of role that you have as a senior, at least to a small degree, that should be one thing to remind people, because apparently we just forget. I have no idea how that can be with all the ubiquitous technology, but this call is probably being recorded. You should speak like that. Probably going to be a transcript of everything you say. Remind people of that. And in fact, even once you hang up the phone, you should still act as though probably going to be a transcript of everything you say. Be very mindful about it. In fact, because of that, you don't do a whole lot of chatting and this being recorded mm. Mm. that's why I use that from full mm. 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 Trump's interesting because I will ask someone says that that doesn't count what do you mean interesting what's interesting about it then you're gonna dang I didn't want I just was gonna say interesting and leave it at that. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes you don't even give them that. You just, nothing. Well, got to get back to work. The, she said they were talking about dispensaries on the job. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Now, no, she she does do tax work, and they say that the dispensaries and all the billions that that has caused some problems because of the it's not legal in federal law, and so they can't do the banking and all that. So they have to do creative things with the taxes. So I can see why that might be subject of chit chat. But dang, I'm not just. Uh, no, I do not want to talk about narcotics of any sort in the workplace. Now, I might listen, see what the white people are talking about, but no, I'm not going to be, oh, man, what did what I just say? No, I got my Snoop Dogg t-shirt on right here. No, 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 no. Now, the diet component, I would probably listen. I probably wouldn't do a whole lot of chatting. Like I said, this probably being recorded, so I'm going to be real careful, real choosy about my words. Do more listening, less speaking. But I would listen. They're going to talk about, you know, healthy eating and all of that. Maybe we don't need the Takis. Hey, if they're going to have that conversation, I would take a look. If they, Oh, they're virtual, so it wouldn't mount for her. But if they were having this sort of conversation in a place, in a physical location, I would take a look. Like caller at the courthouse when he talks about they go and sell like the expired ding dongs and Twinkies and ho hos and all the rest of it pork rinds they go and put it on discount uh, you know sixty percent off come one come all get all the half eaten peanuts and blah 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 and all the rest of it. like wait a minute uh, if we're gonna be talking about we shouldn't eat the the takis and things because of the chemicals 
maybe we don't need that in the vending machine. But they don't have vending machine. They're virtual. Much obliged caller in Georgia. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, you have commentary to share. Proceed. Hello, can I be heard? Non-Clemson dad. Yes, sir. Uh, I hope everyone's having a wonderful, wonderful day to the best of their abilities. Three quick synopsis. The first one is um, recently my wife and I had an exterminator come to our house. He usually comes um, every quarter. Um, and um, he did his job. White male did just fine. And then before he left, the conversation, well, <laughs> sometimes some of these people reveal themselves. And he started talking about how he's a single father. And he has a seven-year-old uh, daughter and how his uh, former wife left him. Now, that in itself is not really much of a story. It's the part that comes afterwards where he talks about when he was working, you know, he basically he put all his money in and taking care of the household, and she was working making the same amount of money as him, but she really wasn't putting money into the household like he was, but she wanted to do all these things like constantly buy a new car just for the sake of buying a new car. Eventually, she divorced them because she, she felt bored um, and just left him and the daughter. And I think eventually remarried or something like that somewhere else. And um, as he's telling the story, I could really hear, hear the hurt in his voice about the whole situation. And um, he also talked about the idea of all the stories he's hearing about men, white men in particular, for example. They might help their wives get to certain positions in their life. So, for example, they might help them or help them pay for their education. And then when those men themselves – um, fall upon hard times, like maybe they lost their job or they had some kind of financial trouble, the same women who were their wives that they helped to get to their positions, some kind of fresh, uh, professional capacity, um, those women don't necessarily feel obliged to help out their husbands, their white male husbands. This is interesting because a similar story, um, you know, I heard from a white male at work. Um, he is um, an engineer just like myself. He was one of my references for me getting my license. And um, I remember sitting down in his office, and he told me a very similar story where, you know, he helped his wife become an accountant, a licensed accountant, which is a CPA, certified public accountant. And then after a while, for whatever reason, she she decided she was bored in a relationship, and she just left. And you could truly hear the upset, uh, the upset, the vitriol in his voice as he was telling me, a black male, his story. Um, this is also the same white male that used to be part of a uh, – Minority business where a black man owned 51% of their business. Um, let's see. Um, unresponsive co-worker. So I've been working on something called a disadvantaged business enterprise program. It is a federal requirement when dealing with federal funds that you have to have a, um, a way of, tar of, of targeting and trying to hire disadvantaged businesses, which basically means uh, women, non-white, um, non which is like, say, minorities, et cetera. And um, the local transit agency recently completed their program about a year ago. So, of course, I, I did my best to enlist the help of the of transit agency, the uh, transit uh, manager there, which is a white female, um, you know, to try to make sure I do my process as correct as possible as I try to reinitiate um, for, my, um, for my agency. And um, I've been um, asking this woman for help for about um, – since I think October 2023, 
And, um, you know, I'm reading through her methodology for what she did because, you know, she wrote it into her thing. And I, at first, I was just really having a hard time understanding her methodology. Uh, one thing was hard to find, and it also wasn't very clear, not to me. I remember when I was in school, um, especially in college, you know, when you do um, science-type classes like chemistry or physics, you have to write out your methods. And usually those methods are very easy to find, and they're numbered. Nevertheless, um, you know, after much months and much cajoling, I finally figured out her methodology. But at least for me, as far as I can tell, her numbers seem to be up in what she put into her plan from over a year ago. Now, that in itself is not a big deal. I personally don't really care. There's no big giant loss or anything, no, no big giant fraud in itself. Nevertheless, a week before, I did go and have a conversation with her about the issues I was having with trying to use her documents for um and their methodology. And apparently, she's just been really busy. Oh, so she says, you know, she did recently got promoted for like a second or third time. Um, keep in mind that the person who had the position before her was a black male who never got promoted. He left there for a while. Anyway, um, you know, she just said she's been real busy. They've been trying to hire someone under, you know, under her previous position. She's been taking on a lot of work. Um, more excuses, excuses. I'm like, cool. It, it's fine. It, it's okay that you don't have time to help me figure out what I've been doing in my um, my um, program. I don't need you to necessarily figure it out. How about this? Just send me your original spreadsheet, and I will figure out what I did wrong. So a couple of days go by, and she just never responds. And after a couple of days, I finally figured out what the process is anyways, and I personally believe some of her numbers is off. But before I had an opportunity to send her an email about her potential numbers, I had a conversation with my friend here, Black Male. Um, and he was like, nah, effort. Um, you don't need to reveal anything to her. Instead, what you need to do is that you need to report her to your manager. Now, keep in mind, this woman is in a completely different agency to me. There, you know, we don't have, we don't um, we are not in the same chain of command. Um, I'm on the county level; she's on the city level. So, you know, I, we don't, you know, our bosses, you know, our bosses might know each other, but you know, there's no immediate threat or harm if someone did something wrong. At least not initially. It's not that I can tell. But the fact. This woman, as far as I can tell, has been unresponsive. When she needs something, especially when it comes to that money, uh, if I don't answer, I can mess around and get fired, I imagine. But um, I don't think I was asking a lot when I was asking her for a little bit of help. And she's been helpful for a couple other things. But for this one, I don't know why, but she was very, very unhelpful. And what my, you know, my friend, in his, in his wisdom, my man that's almost 20 years older than me, was like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. You figured it out. You got what you needed. Report it to your manager and cover your behind so that if anything comes up, no one could blame you for whatever she might be, might be doing or um, doing in the future. And then uh, one last thing. Um, I have a question, if anyone can answer this. Is it appropriate to reveal your definition of white supremacy racism in the workplace when the topic of racism comes up? For example... I remember back in October 2019, I was in a transit conference in New York, right? And the topic of racism came up in one of the panels. And, you know, in between, you know, you get breaks in between panels. I remember having a conversation with a black female who was also at um conference. And, you know, she's talking to me and, you know, she's saying all the things she's saying and racism comes up. And then I asked her specifically, what is her definition? Now, I personally do not remember what she said, but I remember her definition of racism being unmemorable. So I gave her my definition, and I basically uh, quantified it as such, uh, white supremacy racism, the synonym, um, as synonyms, and I defined it as those who are classified as white who are dedicated, devoted, dedicated and devoted to the mistreatment, 
subjugation, a terrorism, death of those they consider to be black. Now, she was intrigued by my definition, but she felt I needed to change the, um, the part about black people to uh, non-white people, which is perfectly fine. Maybe I need to change that to uh, non-white people, but especially black people. But, um, you know, I, you know that was a very interesting um, interaction, but that was back in 2019. Now, you know, I do urban planning and um, engineering um, at the government level, and sometimes racism does come up as a subject matter, depending on what may be happening or project you might be dealing with, because just the history of wherever you might be um, working around the world, uh, particularly in the United States, obviously. Um, so I'm wondering if you have a conversation about racism, especially in the workplace, do you ask your co-workers, your co-workers what's their definition of racism, white supremacy? And, you know, um, do you reveal your definition, especially if it indicts white people as the cause of it? And with that, I'll mute my line. Very interesting. Non-Clemson dead. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the, I guess one, white women being bored. Neely Fuller Jr. does talk about that uh, in one of the lessons, I guess. When you uh, watch films, everyone loves watching TV. Boredom. Pay attention to that. When does that come up? Significance of boredom. He says boredom is a part of life. It's not supposed to be thrills and excitement every second. Uh, but man, I've said for the one, even that, Fuller does right. Racists, they do a lot of racist activity for thrills. Got nothing to do. Bored. Hmm. I know. Lynching. Yes. Little entertainment. Looks like it's going to be boring for a little while. Hmm. Or a minstrel show. Already talked about it. Snoop Dogg. Doll. But dang. Bored. And we're out of here. And all of the white male resentment. That is. uh, Hmm. Hmm. You could have been really uh, unruly as they're pouring out their soul, whimpering. Just supposed to be exterminating, man. This is not Oprah. You could have really been like, wow, all that, huh? You helped them, the career, and all the rest of it, paid for school. And say, they're bored. They, they run off and get some black dude. <gasps> Man, man, Whew, you'd have to call the police to get him thrown out of the house. They even go into the details about other white people. Uh, uh, uh. White genetic annihilation. That is exactly what Dr. Welsing talked about. So many reports and such on uh, white masculinity in peril. Anyway, uh, the the cows is a disadvantaged business we should be they should have a card for us like I'm a disadvantaged business um the white woman being unwilling to give the information and it looks like maybe she lied we don't know possibility 
some of her data not willing to come and help you figure out what the problem was you figured it out on your own you go trust uh, speak with a, a trusted advisor senior black male he says reporter cover your behind then if something comes up where it turns out whoa maybe she has been up to nefarious activity you're covered I love it because it sounds like this could be that she you know did some old making up whatever or just lied or what and that's so common that it's so widespread Uh, and it seems like you were patiently waiting for you know whenever you get the time I know I'm just an old privileged black male but when you get the time all of your promotions and bonuses and congratulations on all of your success wonder what happened to that privileged negro male who was in this spot before and why he couldn't get the same sort of hmm hmm now some of it may be in the clue that he did say they are here to help the disadvantaged business enterprise DBE and that is for women minorities and then dot 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 we get all the rest of it I've said forever women is just right there she got all the data and you see they have hooked her up so you are not going to be disadvantaged anymore we got you promotions and raises and all the I don't even have time to go back and correct my mistakes I've come up so high now maybe she did great work and she didn't do she wasn't up to any wrongdoing maybe that's the case we all make errors myself strive for accuracy and maybe it was a teaspoon of racism she just didn't have time for you little folks anymore and you know she eh, niggas ah, bothering me I'll get to it I'll get to it I'll get to it maybe maybe I love it you cover your basis so you don't you don't put this off on me well, you know, old non-Clemson there, you know, he reviewed it and he didn't see anything was wrong with it. And then they tried to, well, he covered her back. <laughs> I, got, I, 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 I went to her repeatedly. She wouldn't even help. Hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then you can let us know if it's nothing. This was all a big to do. We were suspicious no reason this is a well-meaning white woman who maybe just made an error or two all well and good but let's see especially since it's money let's see let's see what happens I love it that's why it's so great to have advisors people that you trust with some experience they've seen maybe they've even seen been involved in some of these situations where a white person who was up to no good got them love it love it love it uh and then the last one would you share your definition of racism in the workplace i would recommend. Uh, yeah. i'm sorry oh i thought you asked me i thought you were asking me i apologize go ahead oh, okay uh if i got it right he said would you share the definition your definition of of racism in the workplace um sit for years on this broadcast I have suggested 
not talking about racism on the job at all I would recommend not doing so it had to be some really special circumstances because none of us ostensibly none of us is paid to teach about racism even if it's a non-white person that's not why we're here to inform this person of what racism white supremacy is how it works or even the definition now that does become a little different now if we actually are talking about racism well we do need to have a definition even then I would be very resistant to me giving a definition or even my personal definition of racism but I certainly would ask and if they asked me I'd say oh I don't have one but I think it's important and I know other people have definitions of racism that I do think are accurate and I think it's important to have a correct framework but I would just say oh no I don't I don't have one personally but I there are definitions that people have that I think are accurate and I think can be used for conversation so that people understand what we're talking about when we use this term but yeah I would not white person or non-white person because if it's a non-white person so many of us uh, we are confused and we defend white people they hear the definition what what might veer off into you got non-white people that are racist and all the rest of that and not all white people are racist and terror what what could go lots of different ways I would I'd be very and then certainly with a white person certainly I would expect any white the same sort of conduct that you hear from white guests on this platform or is it, are you saying that all white people are racist oh my goodness are you saying that all white people like that's what I they would get very defensive and and they would remember that from this day forward like that radical Negro and his definition of racism Hmm. wait till I tell the rest of them <laughs> they go back and tell them did you hear and they go back and tell everybody so I hear you have a pretty uh, extreme view on racism old non-Clemson dad that's what I would expect to happen uh, sharing but I would be it would have to be man it would have to be a non-white person same side I've known this person, trust this person, we have rapport. I don't think they're going to go and blab all of this to white people. And I mean, this would be a really unique non-white person victim of white supremacy. But I, I cannot imagine a scenario where with someone classified as white under any circumstances, this is my definition of racism to a coworker, even the janitor, even the janitor. We'll have to see what other folks think. Let's see. Uh, other folks who dialed in. So we are open questions. So would you share your definition of racism with a coworker, white or non-white? Other folks who are with us, if you have commentary. Can I be heard? Can I be heard? You go first. Z's mommy. Uh, thank you. 
and thanks for the caller who let me go first. Um, I wouldn't share that information personally. Um, one, because I don't like, I don't think I'm, I think I'm still quite an emotional person and I don't think that I, I could have the conversation without, in a codified manner. And I, yeah, like, I don't know if I could trust that that person wouldn't relay that information to white people. Um, so I personally wouldn't do that. Um, even if I trusted them a lot, I don't think I would. Um, I wanted to talk about like, my experiences that I've been having on the plantation this week. Um, I I have this boss. He's like the the one who is the boss of the whole office, essentially, like the manager of the whole office. And I find him to be like the most unprofessional person in the whole office. Um, he like walks around the office and he starts like yelling at everyone, but he does it in this sarcastic, humor-filled way. So, and it's almost like he's having banter with people, but he's like actually insulting them. Um, and it's, it makes the office really uncomfortable because it's an open office. And so like two days ago, he, I had, I've had two incorrect experiences with him, but two days ago, he like came out of his office and he was basically like yelling um, about things that were going on with him and how he was stressed out about some sort of litigation that he had to deal with. And then I sit next to like the only other, well, I sit next to an Asian female and he, she asked him, like, oh, what's the litigation about? And then he, like, walks up to her and kind of, like, I don't want to say yells, but very aggressively says, like, see, you know what your problem is? You don't focus on your own work. You're too busy thinking about other people, and you never focus on your own tasks. And then we're, and then she like looked at me, and I looked at her too, because I was like, "Well, it's very. It would be. I didn't say anything, but obviously, it's very hard to, to focus on your task if someone starts walking around and like yelling in the office when the office is quiet. It's always quiet when he's not there. So then I later on in the day, like maybe twenty or so minutes later. I messaged like a coworker because I overheard him saying that he was like he wasn't busy at the moment, and I asked him if he could help me with a presentation that I was working on. I just wanted to make sure all of the information I had was accurate. So he's helping me, and then our like lead of our department, she comes, I guess because I don't know why she came. Like, he was confident enough to help me, and it's like she had to oversee him and oversee me. Um, and then she's, she's, so she starts interrupting him and explaining the concept to me, and, like, I'm starting to understand it. And then, like, two other people come, and these two people are, are very, like, condescending people. I've worked with them before, and I, I don't like them. And I saw them kind of, like, snickering. 
because I guess at my confusion about this concept that they thought was simple. And so once I'm like, oh yes, I understand it. Thank you guys for helping me. My team lead, she goes up to the manager and she goes to his office and she says, oh, I'm finally ready for our meeting. And then he says, um, oh, like, I'm glad you're, you're ready. You know, you were like 10 minutes late because you're helping engineers with things that they should have learned in school. And again, I looked at my, well, it often happens that I turn and I look at my coworker, the Asian female, and then she looked at me and then she said, because she's more senior in the office, and she said, like, what, do you, what were you working on? And I showed it to her and she was like, oh, I just learned that, like, last year. It's actually, like, kind of complicated and um, I had never seen that before, that concept. And I was like, that's what I expected, but I didn't say anything or respond. Um, and then like two days earlier, before that day, I think, he was walking around and he said like, as he was walking, he does this thing where he just walks around and observes everyone and comments and he finds someone to comment on. So whenever he does that, I make sure to like stare at my screen so that I don't like attract any attention because he wants to like find someone to abuse. And he like said, um, he basically started walking around and he walked past me and he said that I was giving him like bad vibes or I was like something about my vibes were bad. And I just was like, okay, like I don't, I don't have any like ill will towards you. Like I, I don't know why you're getting that. And then like my other coworkers start talking to him because I don't like to answer with him. And I admit to I foolishly engaged in this conversation too when I should not have. And then as we're talking, he starts to like, within the banter, he says, um, I might as well, he says this to everyone, but this is like, he's very refined because he said it to everyone, but the conversation started about me. And he says, um, I might as well be talking to monkeys because none of you guys can understand what I'm saying. And again, I, I looked like, I could look at the Asian female, she looked at me and she said, didn't we just get a new HR person? And she starts looking up the HR person that they just hired. And he said, oh yeah, I was on the hiring committee. Like I was the one who hired her. So I don't understand what you're saying. And then I was like, Wait, so does that mean you're like above her? He didn't respond. But that was just the very irritating interactions that I had with him, very racist interactions that I had with him. And then I've also had an interaction today where I had to, sorry, I'll be done soon, where I had to like submit some work that was due today. And I had talked with this coworker yesterday and he gave me all the information to do it. And he, there was someone else who has to work on it too. Granted, this person is busy, but my coworker gave him ample time and told him like, 
hey, you know, she needs this to be done by tomorrow morning so she can finish the work for the rest of the day and have it submitted to the client by the end of the day. So I'm like emailing him, teasing him, like, hey, can you give me any updates? Have you started working on it? And he's like, didn't we finish it yesterday in the meeting? And I was like, no, like these are the deliverables that you need to email me. So if you could get them to me, because I need to submit this by the end of the day and it's still going to take me like four hours. And then eventually, like he just stopped responding to my messages, even though it said that he was like available. And even if he wasn't, I know people have teams on their phones, so it doesn't even matter because I know he's getting the messages. So then I had to like message um, the person that I was helping. And I was like, hey, you know, He's not responding to me. So can you just reach out to him? And of course, like within like 15 minutes, I get the email of all of the information that I needed. But he still had to submit some stuff in the actual report. And so I told him like, okay, thanks for this. Like, thank you for this. But can you make sure that you submit everything? And the thing is, is like you can't, multiple people can't be on the same document at the same time. So I have to wait for him to finish and I'm messaging him, like, hey, can you let me know when you're out of this document so I can um, get in it, so I can finish this by today? Because I, like, I'm newer, and I don't want to have a reputation of, like, me not finishing my task on time. So I just made sure to keep telling the person that I was working with, hey, I'm waiting on this guy. I'm pretty much done. Once he's done, I just want to give it one more look over, and then I'll send it to you. And I was even, like... I had to draft kind of like a blurb to get to the client and everything. Anyway, he did not get out of the file until like 5.30 today when basically everyone was gone. And the amount of work that he had to do would probably take him like 15 minutes, maybe, I, I, maybe 45 minutes if he was really being like detailed. Um, so I, I just had to update them, like, okay, he's still not out of the file. And my coworker was like, it's fine, we'll just have to submit it on Monday, even though we were supposed to submit, submit it today to the client. But luckily, like, I have all the messages and, like, um, and, I have proof that, hey, I finished everything. Well, I finished everything, like, around one or two, well ahead of when it was supposed to be submitted by end of day. Um, those were just a lot of my irritating interactions. I have one more. I'm sorry. This is my last one. But I, I have this other white coworker. I think I told you about her before, who is constantly, like, just condescending to me and is demeaning in the way she talks to me and I basically had to send her an email about something because I was following up with um, a contractor and they were taking a while to get back to me but they finally got back to me I CC her on every single email and I and I finally uh, ended up calling them because they hadn't gotten back to me in a while and they gave me information and I told her about it and then she sends me this very demeaning email that my my team lead is like CC'd on, basically saying like, this is why you're supposed to 
like very aggressive. Like this is why you're supposed to do what I tell you to do. And and I'm like, okay, okay, I was doing that, you know. You're CC'd on every email. You know that I'm emailing them like twice a week and that I've called them. Um, but I didn't respond to the email. I I go back and forth on should I like stand up for myself? And if so, how do I do it without producing conflict or should I expect there to be some conflict, but go about it in a manner that is, you know, like courteous so that at least I'm not being like, I don't want people to have a perspective that I'm not doing my work when I'm doing it. Um, That's all I have to say. Thank you. Much obliged. Z's mommy. Um, that last one, standing up for myself, metaphor and important because she even, when she explained and saying, trying to, it's a challenge in trying to think of what to do so that you are not thought of as some shiftless Negro who is trying to get out of their work uh, and solving problems without creating new problems. It can be a conundrum. Even do you respond? It can be a conundrum. That's why I say the metaphor. Sometimes it's the details that they obscure that are very important as we attempt to be counter racist scientists, engineers, if you will. Now, she said she mentioned at first, she said that the white fellow there she said the most unprofessional dude there and he's supposed to be a white man in charge then when she started all that I was like dang I thought she told us she said the fella would come there and wear like sweatpants and prop his feet up on the desk and wear like pop smoke paraphernalia and all the rest of it I was like dang I thought he was pretty unprofessional but she said nah this guy's got it he's come through and yell (laughs) talk about craziness all the time that she would say that this guy who is coming through and yelling at employees and disrupts the whole office that he would be the one to come through and oh woe is me I'm being sued huh imagine that I cannot dream of why someone would want to sue you hmm how did you get this job actually is this some is this some cronyism again anyway uh, so he comes through she has the so-called Asian female that she sits, I guess, close to or next to, whatever it is, where he's, you know, woe is me. Blah, blah, blah. That's why I say delectable Negro, when they come and they're talking about all this nonsense that has nothing to do with the job. That's not, I'm not the shoulder to come cry on. No, he didn't come to the ones. I mean, I don't know how many non-white females they got at your company, uh, Z's mommy. But I mean, really, you come to moan and wail where the dark females are. Then you're moaning and wailing in our area. What's the litigation about? Uh, That's your problem. Why are you talking to us about this? Can we just get back to our work? Why are you even in our section then? That sort of old nonsense right there. That's so like plantational. 
Oh, like you're going to be, you see what they call Jekyll and Hyde. Got your dichotomous personality. You can be nice and kindly one, or it's not even nice and kindly, really. It's just uh, seeking sympathy, really. And then they come to be nice. God, get away from me. What are you doing? Let's just get back to work. Thank you kindly. Uh, and I even paused. I was like, dang, is this the same non-white female who made all of the sexual inappropriate jokes we think might be in a tragic arrangement? Like, ugh, 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 ugh. Uh, the... Mm-mm. Oh, and then they come back. You ask for help. Now, I mean, system of white supremacy racism is deliberately about harming non-white people we are not supposed to be helped workplace scenario I'm not trying to be shiftless I want to do this in a correct manner can you help me I don't understand this portion they come up these are your colleagues sure nobody you didn't ask them to do all the work for me this is not hey, I don't want to do this Groundhog Day, Negro History Month, I mean, everything all in one blob. I got to take about the next two weeks off. Can you all do this for me? Because I'm not even coming in. She didn't say that. I just don't understand this part. Can you get me get through this? <sighs> they got to come with the snickering. <laughs> they hired a white woman at the courthouse. She couldn't even type. They're going to go and... <laughs> And then go and get mad. I'm going to come out and yell in front of the whole. What are you doing? Wasting time with these ignorant trainees who should have already learned that in school. What? That's, I got it. That is way more unprofessional than wearing pop smoke paraphernalia in the workplace and jogging pants and putting your feet on the desk. Way more unprofessional. And the racism of all that. Now, I don't know if he does that to white employees as well, but wow, I have to be called out, humiliated in front of the whole office. Got this ignorant black person, which is the pattern. That's what they've been saying from the very beginning. She told us, she said the white man came on and said, wow, everybody here is so smart. I can't believe they hired us. And, 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 and time out, <laughs> time out, time out. <laughs> You might be ignorant. I don't know what kind of cronyism situation you got, or maybe uh, you got uncles or what have you on the, you know, board, executive staff. I don't know. Maybe you're dumb. I'm not. Why is it assumed that I'm intelligent like the rest of all of the individuals that they hired here who got high functioning brain computers? Anyway, God humanize. They do that to us all the time. They love that to be able to publicly embarrass non-white people. Oh, they love that. That's another reason, probably, why Mr. Fuller says, uh, "What is a dignified slave?" Really, really. They. That is their joy. They love doing it even when you haven't done anything wrong. It's not even anything to mock you about, which sounds like this was the case. <laughs> the feet, uh, she said, the Asian female came over and told her like, Dang, oh man, that's really complicated. The person that's mocking you, he probably doesn't even know how to do it. 
She said, yeah, that's really complicated. I just learned that last year. It's kind of difficult. Let's see. The the Negro vibes, I love it. I love it. I love it. That is exactly why I would not give my definition for racism. You're already in an environment where you have white people who will come by. Hmm. I don't, uh, mm, mm, I don't, uh, your Negro vibrations, I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean, my, my Negro vibrate? What are you talking about? Mm, mm, I don't know, you. Mm. <laughs> I'm wounded. I'm wounded. That'll end up being in the personnel file. Like, are you serious? I'm not a team player because of my vibrations? Jesus, what what can I do to change my... <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. Negro History Month. What, what can I do to change my vibrations? And I would write that one. <laughs> I might have to put that in email. Write that one. Give me the written response and I'll change my vibrations. Thank you, Kanda. Have a blessed day. Whew, man. And then he comes back and you see the pattern? You see, we just talked about that with Dr. Jennifer Sy, where she said the doctors, this fellow's not a doctor, but she said medical doctors, they sit around and talk about black people being stupid. She just said that on Monday. I had to add, it took me a minute to even process. I said, how does that impact medical care? She's, oh man. he comes back guess I'll tolerate your negro vibrations for a little while longer look at here he's gonna start talking to me and say man I don't know why I'm talking to you all I feel like I'm I'm talking to monkeys and from the late 1960s after the death of Martin Luther King and the riots and the upheavals and all like this and black people with their fists in there and all like that and trying to stumble and fumble and find their way and get focus. The white supremacists made a blueprint and put it in action. And that is, I'm going to have these people so confused, they don't even know what they started out to do. And by the late 1970s, they had just about completed it. And we've been on that ever since. And you mentioned something very important. They are more comfortable than ever. But see, it's like making gorillas comfortable in a cage or monkeys or pandas. You still got them in a cage, but they are comfortable. See, so give him some bling bling. It's like giving an animal a brand new car and training the animal to ride up and down the street in it. And then you stand back and point at the animal. Like one white man said in the late 1950s, he said he doesn't care what kind of car a Negro has. He said he's still a nigger. And when he rides by in a shiny car, to him, it's just a monkey in a car. White people built a car. Put a monkey in it, train the monkey to drive the car, 
So now you're looking at a monkey in a car. See, but black people don't see themselves that way. But this is how the white supremacists see us, and they are the ones who run our business. And we have to know that, that when they look at us, that's what they see. That that's what they see. That that's what they see. Indeed. Neely Fuller, Jr., indeed, painfully reminded of that all the time. They got a new Planet of the Apes film coming out this summer, too. Uh, that's even connected. <sighs> Never mind. Uh, much obliged, uh, Bay Area Mom. I would, not, was not, I was going to Bay Area Mom, but much obliged, uh, Z's mommy. The documentation, which she, we've heard that so many times. We've heard so many non-white people who shared that where they're trying to do reports that are time sensitive and the white people will deliberately delay and wait and wait and you can't do any work until they do their part and they wait and wait and wait she said it's going to take 15 minutes 30 minutes all day long stops for somebody's ghosting me like monkey beat it all of that deliberate racism white supremacy and then the same thing it all has the same effect that you are the one who is thought of as stupid there's something defective about you what Lawrence you suck because you couldn't get this done on time love it documentation so that you can evidence no I was working diligently to meet the deadline but I was sabotaged monkey wrench if you will Bay Area Mom, thank you for your patience. Um, thank you. Greetings to you and everyone um, participating. Uh, let's see. Would I talk about what I define the def? Would I give a definition for uh, racism at work? No, especially these days. No, it, and even if I did, we'll go back and forth about the uh, the information that I give. So I just it just keeps down confusion if I minimize what I say. That's just me. Um, I didn't hear any of the clips, but my workplace racism, I'll do it real quick because I have to cook for this old lady and I want to bring her her food and um, then go pick my phone up from work. Um, oh, dear. So it was hectic there uh, at work. Um, there's an investigation launched. A little boy came to school, so the lady had to go on administrative leave. Um, I'm sure she's going to get fired just from the information, you know, all the stuff she wrote on the whiteboard, just all the stuff that I've been talking about. It kind of came out, and not for me, but the little boy talked to his parents. And even the little boy, the black boy, uh, I said that the black boy, they went to talk to him about the um, incident with the teacher hitting the student, but instead they pulled the black boy out to talk about a binder that was ripped before the binder was ripped during class, but the people came during class, which led me to believe that the teacher ripped the binder or to set the boy up because he was the witness, the black boy in the eighth grade. And this is the one that got, she ridiculed him in front of everybody about the UNO cards. This all happened the same week. So she called the head of special need and the um, principal to deal with this truant, thieving Negro. Um, 
hoping that he would be discredited, but his mother ended up coming on Monday, going off on everybody, and then allowing him to speak to the mediator on... Well, the mother came on Tuesday to let him speak on Tuesday to the mediator, but not without letting her, them know that she knew that he was being railroaded, or not railroaded, that he was being used um, and discredited to cover the teacher's tracks. Because if you can discredit the black boy and you discredit that mute, the boy that doesn't even talk, this little truant, and who cares what I think? But it didn't work out like that. So... um the teacher, I'm sure she won't be back. We've had a slew of substitutes. It's been chaotic. You find out. Oh, and for fun fact, the the male psycho teacher, he um, he's, he he said he wasn't coming on maybe sometime last week. He wasn't going to be there Monday, but we were going to have a test on Thursday, and he would be back. Ever since the investigation launched on uh, Monday, he hasn't been back. He even said he had COVID, and I might need to get tested. Uh and everybody's been in and out of there with COVID and all kind of things, and no one's gave any warnings about anyone being tested. So I don't think I need to be tested because there's an investigation going. So I just kind of left it alone. He's even called in for next week. So uh, I'm saying that to say the white lady that's uh, not going to come back, she's not, not coming back without pulling down this other guy, too, because he's the original abuser. So, um, and she's always been complaining about how she hasn't been treated like she's white. She didn't say that, but she does always, you know, flex her that she has power and she hasn't been treated accordingly. So I know she's not going out without a fight, and even with the fight, she's going to knock down that whole special day or at least bring light to it because they're already tense. And even the vice principal, they're speaking to me now. They used to give me the stank eye, but now they're looking at me like, hi, 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 hi. Hey, 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 how are So... Now it's showing that these students really didn't know. They've been faking it, especially in this man's class. They've been faking it. They don't know what they're doing. I don't even know if half of them are really turning in complete work. One, um, as soon as I get in the door, the children from the back door to the front are asking for my help while the paraeducator is dictating as if she's the teacher. It's chaotic. The, 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 the uh, substitute teacher had to ask her, could you just let us get through this day, please, without yelling and arguing with the kids, please? Because you're, you're just too much, please. So um, um, the paraeducator that transferred out of the ladies' class had been working there 17 years. I don't even know if she's coming back because that's how big it's gotten. And um, she's the one told me about the little boy who's got hit, para-committed suicide. So she has a, a particular uh, care for the little boy that cares for me, and um, she's always complained about how it's how, how it set up there. So it's, and I had a meeting today, uh, yesterday with my um, uh, the behavioralist, and she canceled, and she was there the same day it happened as well. She didn't witness it, but I've been telling her everything that I tell you guys, and no one's, everyone's like, oh, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing, even for me not participating in the meeting about the little boy that got hit. She hit him the next day. So it was set up to get me out and get anyone else out, but it just didn't work out like that at the time. So I don't want—I don't think I want to be there next year to help the poor kids uh, figure something else out. As far as the little guy that's coming there next year, we may be able to deter him and send him to another school. I could do that, but I'm not—I don't want to come back and deal with those— uh, 
idiots. Uh, the English teacher, she's trying to teach English all of a sudden. She's talking about George Washington Carver and the peanut. She couldn't pronounce Tuskegee. And another word that she couldn't pronounce that I had to pronounce for her because it was getting on my nerves. And I didn't even bother to do Tuskegee for her because I just let her ramble. But these are the idiots teaching. This is the English teacher. These are the idiots that's teaching the, the children. And she only was teaching something for our history class because everything is just a mess. And she couldn't even do that right. So once I told her that this whole thing is a mess, whatever you're doing, you wasted our time for all these months, and I could have helped you. Now she's trying to do this, uh, make it, now she's trying to do what maybe she could have did in the beginning of the year, but this is a little too late, and every, you're losing us now because it's all new. Now you got new stuff going on, flashcards and all this new stuff. We don't know what you're talking about. And now we're all of a sudden doing spelling tests. And the only person that can spell the words correctly is the one that I'm with. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm you, Well, the only reason that the little fella can spell them that you're working with is because you all are cheating, which they have already pointed out. So that doesn't even count. <clears throat> Incidentally, I got to break out in the stanky leg because I said at the very beginning of the program, it is Groundhog Day and Negro History Month. It is time to break out the peanuts, George Washington Carver. And then bingo, he pops up right on time and they can't even pronounce the information correctly. They do. George Washington Carver does have some mean peanut butter cookie recipes as well as non meat products it's pretty amazing all the different things that he came up like if they went into all that detail like, wow they have those books they have children's books and all that but they don't do all that it's peanuts peanuts niggers and peanuts <laughs> goobers anyway um the masters in education that would give you opportunity to not be in the classroom another way to help the little folks uh, she started out, she said that they were humiliating publicly the little black boys. She had told us about this repeatedly. Sometimes they shuffle them out to the blacktop, literally. She had told us, I think it was last week, where you stole those Uno cars. Didn't you steal them? You stole them. It's like, what? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And do it. And they have the, the monitors and all that and shame you and disgrace you in front of everybody. We just heard about that. Z's mommy just told us. That's why I said that's integral aspect of white supremacy racism. It's easy to have slaves when they just constantly feel degraded worthless, shame humiliated about everything it's real easy to keep them subdued she said uh, now they're investigating all this like oh my goodness the children really can't read what are we doing here? Huh. We thought they were fake. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> like, the children don't want to be back there next year either. I don't blame uh, Bay Area mom for saying that she wants to abscond, find a better location. The testing around COVID-19, Dr. Jennifer Sai, who was with us on Monday from California, no less, just talked about that in the context of racism and saying that people are 
functioning as though COVID-19 is done and it's not. I know everybody, you know, has their own views about that, but she speaking as a medical doctor, that's another one I have to every medical doctor classified as non-white that I've spoken to has said, "Yep. There's COVID." It's only non-white people who are not doctors who have been saying, oh no, there's no COVID. They lied to us. But anyway, uh, Dr. Medical Jennifer Sai said Monday, acting like COVID is done, it's not. That has a direct impact on the health and well-being of non-white people. She just talked about that. We talked about that before. What in the world? We're not testing and blah, 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 people coming in saying they got it. And blah, whoa. Whoa. What is this? Moving on. They're all done with that. I don't want to hear nothing about no Nurse Rivers and all the rest of it. Uh, let's see. The I wouldn't want to get in a big hubbub and going back and forth. I would try and minimize that as much as possible on the job and any sort of going back and forth about definition of racism or really anything, especially if I'm talking with uh, someone who is not in charge, like they can't solve this problem. They just have an opinion on it. There's no reason to have an exchange. I can give my view. They have their view. It might not even be necessary for me to share my view with them for what. But yeah, I would try minimizing all of that not going into these back and forths, especially if they try and bait you and they're giving you a view on something they can have a big nap minimize all that let's just get back to work other folks who dialed in if you have commentary to share star 6-1 we missed you totally proceed maybe hurt yes sir yeah go you can go ahead thank you sir uh, greetings to the cows listeners and callers. Um, I want to first start off by talking about the uh, black male teacher from the uh, previous uh, clip. It was interesting to me that the person that was responsible for his review is also the person that brought in the uh, racist doll. And for the school to say that um, they had no bias, uh, this is all done appropriately. It's, I don't know, it sounds ridiculous and absurd. Um, I approach personally hope that the, um, the teacher um, sues them and sues them to the point where they have to fire some people. Um, I think it was also brought up about um, should you talk about, uh, well, your definition of racism in the workplace. Um, I don't know. I was thinking that possibly, depending on, I guess, how comfortable uh, you are with these people, or and you can base it upon how um, necessary you are to that company, considering you know uh, you may have a skill or a trait that they need, and or it could be also be uh, they're lacking um, workers because they're, they're still dealing with situations of having low employment. Uh, so I personally, um, in my particular situation, um, I have not spoke about a definition of racism, but I have spoke about racist incidents 
that have happened in the media. Um, and for me, that has not turned out too well. Um, I would think either way that speaking about anything that has anything to do with um, acts of white supremacy racism um, will make you a more prominent person when it comes to speaking about those types of things on the job. It may lead to other questions about um, your opinion about racism or or anything of that sort. So um, I will say it's up to the individual to determine um, what they will be wanting to speak about while they're uh, on the job with their coworkers. Um, a little bit about um, my current um, position. I believe I wrote in that I got a position with the Department of Children and Family Services. Um, it has been a very um, educational experience. Um, from what uh, coworkers who've been there have told me, uh, I'm doing very well. Um, I'm doing. I'm learning quicker than expected to learn about different processes and the different um, uh, tasks that involve uh, making sure these um, uh, children get the support that they need. Um, but I was thinking, I'm not too sure of the of their secondary reason um, because I know this particular location has a shortage of employees and. They just had a recent employee up and leave for uh, better opportunities recently. So uh, I'm not sure if they're also telling me that uh, just to retain my uh, retain me there. Um, I'm still debating whether or not to leave for a different um, different section, different area of, of the county. Um, I've already been on two separate interviews and. Um, I'm just uh, weighing out my options, I guess, metaphor intended. Um, other than that, um, from hearing um, the different uh, uh, callers call in uh, about just uh, their, their uh, skill and trade and everything that they learned, uh, I personally decided to go back to finish up my uh, degree. Um, it has been a 16-year uh, hiatus, so um, I've already enrolled, and I'm just uh, waiting to speak with uh, counselors and um, and just determine what uh, classes will be needed to uh, finish up. Um, uh, I guess that's it, and. Um, Unless there was a different question besides the talking about racism on the job. Uh, I do not remember another specific question, but I have to think for a moment. Yeah, while I'm thinking, congratulations on going back to school, more learning getting constructive information that we can use super important to solving this problem uh, if you have been working social services and they say you're you're doing well and learning outstanding uh, now as he said now that might be a ploy for retention uh, they're supposed to have lots of turnover uh, in that industry for lots of reasons white people don't care about children being first and foremost but <clears throat> I would be mindful options open resume updated 
uh, better opportunities come, uh, take them. But yeah, learn as much as you can. And they might have enough turnover that, you know, you might be able to move up the ranks, as they say, get a promotion and get a few more nickels and all of that. So yeah, be as, be as constructive as you can. We got a few more responses to the question about sharing the definition of racism in the workplace. And even I've heard that from other people. We're volunteering their opinion on racism about current events and happenings has not ended well. I think that was victim in New Jersey. Thank you for your patience, sir. Yes, hey, Gus. Um, for my answer with that, um, with the uh, given the definition of racism on the workplace, um, I haven't, I haven't had good interactions, interactions talking about racism with friends and family. I haven't, I don't have good interactions talking about racism on the internet. So I just could imagine what it would be, um, be like if I was to give um, my definition of racism. <laughs> if I was to give your definition of racism, I, I think, um, I think a lot of. Uh, white co-workers with, uh, and, and some black co-workers would, would definitely look at me as, um, problematic. So um, I probably, I probably wouldn't give my, um, definition unless I was in some kind of, um, academic field where that was, you know, that was something I got paid for, you know, um, so I, I would say no, I wouldn't. Um, I didn't listen to any of the news clips, but, uh, but since this is workplace racism, um, there's a situation I'm trying to assist the family member whose father passed away. Uh, black male died at 65. So um, he was the supervisor at a company. And from, from what my cousin told me about his father and his, his job, um, it, it was in a warehouse, a refrigerated warehouse. So I'm assuming that they dealt with food, um, perishables. So he informed me that um, they were, his father was definitely um, not happy about the job and his cognitive health declined. And he also uh, started drinking a lot. Um, um, you know, my uncle, my cousin's father, he, he wasn't a drinker. He wasn't, he didn't, he didn't, um, that I knew of, he didn't have any substance abuse problems, but something in his later years has turned for the worse. And he just, you know, he just binge drunk just with drink, you know, and he, went to work drunk and lost his job. So in his passing, before his passing, he would tell his son that there were other coworkers on a job that died right there on the job. Like I think he said, gave me an example of two um, people who died on the job, on the floor, in the warehouse. Um, so my cousin was concerned that the drinking, his cognitive decline and his health, when his health declined, 
he he once he he was trying to figure out that it had anything to do when his father contracted COVID on the job. So so now I'm assuming that this place and employment was open during COVID, the whole um, you know COVID, and there were people who died. Not sure if the two people who died in the warehouse did they die from COVID. He wants to find out this information. He wants to also find out, you know, his father, you know, because it seems like he went into a bout of depression, which caused him to just binge drink. And maybe he found out some things about his health. But he's saying that right after his father contracted COVID, that's when his health declined, his mental health started to decline, and he just started to drink obsessively. And he also complained about he does not want to die on the job. So I think that he was, you know, it's something, you know, he was bothered by the two coworkers who died on the workplace. So his father passed away. Um, he handled the funeral um, procedures and everything. And now he's having a difficult time because he wants to, you know, he wants to see if he can take any legal actions against his company. You know, what's the policy? So, yeah, his father was fired, was drinking on a job, but is there some kind of sub substance abuse policy where instead of taking actions of termination, you know, was there anything within the contract? It was a union job, you know, you know, before they fired him, did they even try to extend any um, any support, substance abuse support? Because I know that there are some jobs that will offer that. So he wants to, you know, figure that out. And he also wants to know, you know, what was, you know, what was the the safety procedures or what was this company doing when you had two coworkers die in the warehouse and then his father contracted COVID in that, that particular warehouse. So he wants to get the record of his medical record. Now that's one thing, but now the hospital or they're, they're denying him access to his father's medical record. Now, he took control of the whole process of making decisions while his father couldn't when he was sedated before he passed away. Now the hospital is saying that he has to show proof that he is the actual son of the deceased father. You know, so you guys gave him access to make decisions when he was not able to make decisions when he was sedated, now you guys are saying that y'all need further proof that he's the son because his father's name isn't on his birth certificate. So now he has to go through, um, they're, they're saying that he has to now get a DNA test to prove that he is the um, living relative of his deceased father for them to be able in turn give him the record because he wants to see what was going on with his father's health and maybe proceed to see if there are any legal actions that could be taken um, so that, you know, against the company that he was, um, you know, working for. 
So um, I'm just, I don't know if anybody out there has any suggestions on how we can go about getting these records from the hospital, um, these medical records, so he can proceed and possibly see if the decline of his, the health, you know, the health, the decline, the health decline of his father, was it any, had anything to do with his work condition or him contracting COVID on the job. So, you know, it's just, just real um, unfortunate. And um, I don't really understand what's going on with this hospital because if y'all gave him life and death decisions, you know, y'all accepted that he was the son during the time he was, in the hospital, that he passed. Now that he passed away, why can't why why can't he get access to the medical records? So that's what we're trying to navigate and figure out. So I'm I'm going to reach out to a lawyer for him. I suggest that he reach out to a lawyer. But if anybody out there has any knowledge of um you know how how we should proceed with this, um you know I would definitely like some suggestions. Yeah, Gus, you still there? Sorry about that. Got muted out. My apologies. Um, <clears throat> victim in New Jersey. I was writing my notes down. The one, my apologies to loss in your family. The uh, sobriety would be best. All the terrorism that we experience uh, in this system that does contribute to our not qualifying for health mental or otherwise that also uh, man all of that that we experience in the workplace and I mean man from COVID unsafety and terrorism race everything all that we experience lack of compensation no training blah 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 all that we experience in the workplace two people died in the warehouse we started, oh, that was the first clip that we had today, in fact. The construction workers in North Carolina, where they uh, made it easier, where they, yeah, they made it easier to lower what, if there's going to be a fine, or if you're going to be paid, or what have you, if there's an accident on a construction site, if someone dies, they made it easier. Companies don't have to pay all that money back. Safety, emphasize that all the time, like, dang, how did two people die in the warehouse like dang how when what were the circumstances did they update same thing I asked did they update policy and procedure that might drive you to you know drink a little um all of that the getting access to medical records I think that was one we had talked about before where sometimes the generally it's white people that you're talking about that are difficult about, you know, handing over medical records so you can ex assess uh, how a person was impacted, what led to their de uh, demise, all of that. Um, man, I wish them uh, the best in getting all the information to pursue what happened. Uh, I, second time that we mentioned COVID quite a few times uh, today, and they've been talking about that in terms of the long range impact. Like if you contract COVID and then, you know, how does it impact you subsequently, even after you've, you know, recovered and all of that, all of that, they've had lots of metal medical reports, uh, different folks who've been talking about that over the last two, three years and saying, who knows, they might be studying that for a while to see what the long-term, uh, ramifications of all of that are. Um, yeah, there's 
lots more to study. I certainly am not a uh, medical doctor, but man, that is uh, mm, condolences. Um, man, hopefully they'll be able to get all the information that they can and, you know, pursue pursue the matter if they're going to do so legally I think we did get another uh, victim in New Jersey said before he shared about all of that I think he did say that he also would not share his definition of racism in the workplace he has not even had you know the most jovial dialogue about racism with so called friends and family much less strangers basically on the job Uh, let's see other folks uh other folks that we missed totally I know our victim at the courthouse in Florida make sure I have one email bang make sure I get in alrighty our one email Black History Month my office sent a Black History Month flyer and included a lot of convoluted jargon however the part I found interesting was recommended books movies and TV show lists the list contains very few nonfiction books and I believe only three documentaries out of almost 20 unsurprisingly the new American classic The Hate You Give is on their book recommendation list they have Invisible Man which is a very good book oh, Ralph Ellison we did read that one Uh, I believe these recommendations are white people reminding themselves and other black people of the pitiful state they have put black people in. How can you learn so-called black history from watching The Falcon? Winter Soldier. So the movies on their list include Black Panther, Marvel's Black Panther, Selma, Good Hair, Chris Chris Rock, One Night in Miami, Jim Brown, I Am Not Your Negro, documentary about James Baldwin, Bell, Cowbell, Black Klansman, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, Boo, MLK, FBI, that just came out, Bessie, documentary, Just Mercy, Glory, what? Black is King, Hidden Figures, 42, Queen of Cotway, Marshall, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Get Out. Shows. Atlanta. They got that one, uh, the first episode of season three is about the uh, hearts going off the cliff. Although they changed it around, they so called made it a happy ending. I have no idea what that would be for that story. Like they get food. They get to go back to Texas? I don't know. Uh, Atlanta. The Amber Ruffin Show. Insecure. Harlem. Watchmen. Queen Sugar. Them. Black Lightning. Underground. When they see us. Dear White People. I think they mean the TV show and not the movie for Dear White People. 13th. I may destroy you, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And in books, they got March, the late John Lewis, 400 Souls. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
400 souls, Ibram X. Kendi and Keisha N. Blaine. I just mentioned him. I said, anytime I hear someone that's like, ah, suspicion, uh-oh, you're trying to pull a bamboozled double whammy on me. Black History for Beginners by De- Denise Dennis and Susan Wilmerth. Invisible Man, Children of Blood and Bone. The Fifth Season, Beloved, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Parable of the Sower, Octavia Butler. Go Tell It on the Mountain, James Baldwin, The Water Dancer, ta Coates, The Hate You Give. That is interesting, because they even got ta Coates. I think The Water Dancer is fiction, too. I have to go back to double-check, but that is a lot of fiction. Uh, I mean, you got one, two, three, and then a lot of... A lot of fiction. We do not need fiction. We need accurate information about white supremacy racism. But yeah, that is the ISIS papers, medical apartheid. I could think of a much better book list. But any hoodles. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll call her at the courthouse in Florida. Let's see if I missed anybody else. Yes, sir. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Um, I haven't really had a situation where I have been asked for a definition or my definition on racism. Um, I would have to think on what my reply would be. Uh, I would just have to mention where I know where you mentioned about safety on the job, Gus, or mentioning justice, treating everybody the same. I would mention something to that effect if I had to uh, give a reply now. But I have some updates from the job. Uh, there was a customer that came in a few weeks ago. I don't think I mentioned this one, where it was two black children or toddlers in a stroller with uh, their black mother, and I was assisting the customer. And the racist suspect, white woman, likes to try to make it seem like she can be so-called pleasant with black customers. Uh, and she likes to try to um, show that when they have black children with them. And she made this racist, I think racist, bizarre um, type of comment. And she was like, oh, you're just so cute. You're so cute. And she said, would you like to come home with me? You'll be treated like human doll, like D-O-L-L-S, doll. And uh, I pretty much ignored that, but I wrote it down. And the black female just kind of just smiled. And we just continued our interaction. But uh, I've never heard her, the white woman, use that comment with white customers. 
So she referred to them as human dogs or something like that. Um, my next thing I'd like to share is I got the report that there were four white applicants or people brought in to apply for a position in the courthouse. And it looks like one clique member was walking around with a younger white woman. I don't know if it was something about an internship or what, but she's doing probate. And I don't think she's been doing very well with it. So it looks like she's been, of course, like coddled or looked out not really facing no consequences, it doesn't look like to me, uh, with whoever this new white female is. And uh, there were three other white women, two that know two white women already there. So a white woman from Colorado, um, uh, she worked the courthouse clerk's office over in that area, one of the counties there, I can't remember. She hadn't even been working there at the courthouse for two months. And her daughter has or is applying and is being interviewed. So I'm not sure if they're going to have her working in that courthouse or, or what. But it, it looks like that nepotism going on again uh, with that. And in another department, another white woman was able to get, I don't know how, um, she was able to get a new person hired to Flavoy in the department that she is a manager in. Uh, From a victim, it looks like (laughs) this person isn't really dressed professionally or presentably or whatever, but they just easily just brought on in. So they have, they've been having a tendency to, to bring in those kind of uh, white applicants. So that's been another uh, observation. My, I have two more. There was a, speaking of Black History Month, like, I know we've been doing some with uh, Black History Month, especially in the other building, the the newer courthouse, they've been doing that. But it looks like, well, something was sent out today in our building in regards to Valentine's Day. Now, the racist suspect clique members now, this white woman that I mentioned that wore a Grinch, she wore the Grinch whole body outfit, um, witch costumes, Mrs. Santa Claus or Miss Claus, uh, the the white chocolate, Wells and Moment, the white chocolate, Hershey bar, a lot of different things. So her and the white guy apparently got the blackmail to send out an email saying that the two of them were going to host a Valentine's Day event, I guess for the 14th or whatever. 
Uh, and that was a, another one I'd like to share, and I think they did that because it was the beginning of Black History Month and this uh, Black employees at the office that have in the past uh, made mention to that. And one last thing I'd like to share is I checked the social media page of a click member, and she has an image, right? So she says every day she's going to be posting something, something about Valentine's Day. So this is an image, and and it has Trump on the image. Uh, And Trump is puckering his lips. And on the upper left, it says, I wouldn't deport you. I wouldn't deport you. And on the bottom left, it says from to, like it's some kind of a gift or something. So I think that's connecting with racism, white supremacy. Uh, And I didn't see too many people react to that one. So maybe some of the other click white women got on cold and didn't want to become too unrefined, I guess. But I made a screenshot of that one, and I'll send you an image of that, Gus. Other than that, that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Love it. Got to be tacky for everything. Did you say that the black people, uh, other black people at the courthouse, that they, some of them at least, they think that the Valentine's Day shindig, that this is like to compete or like one-upsmanship, like we're not just going to have Negro History Month and not have no party that the white people can join in so you all gonna have negro history month fine we're gonna have the valentine's day jamboree some of the black people think that's what's happening at the courthouse i haven't gotten too many opinions maybe about two or three because we we have two different buildings but i i have heard at least like three other black people make mention that it, it does look like they're white employees that that want to mention uh, Valentine's Day. Um, but other than that, I hadn't heard too much on it. Mm, fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, incidentally, I would not be celebrating Negro History Month in the workplace, but whatever. White people might behave in the same manner anyway. Uh, the... <clears throat> I don't even know what to make about that. A white woman telling black children, do you want to come home with me? Particularly with the book that we're reading right now. Like, hmm. Hmm. That's not really anything to play with. He didn't even really say the mom had much of a response. Like, hmm. Hopefully we can hurry up and get out of the courthouse and let's get to it. And then like dolls, like what? I'm not, what does that even, see, you're not human, see? I'm not a doll. You wouldn't say that. I, first, I even thought he might have said dog, but then he said doll. It's like, oh, okay, but even that's not much better. Like, I'm not a dog. I'm not a doll. I'm trying to be a human being. 
And no, I do not want to go home with a random white person. Are you serious? Panic button. Where's the panic button? Panic button. Get away. Get away. Get, get, get away. Get away. Get away. Uh, let's see. The... Oh, the folks... I, well, the question became nullified because he said he found out the people, four people that were applying to the courthouse, he said that they were white. And I was like, dang, did they tell you they were white? And then he gave the details. So I guess they, directly or indirectly, yes, they did. <laughs> Scratch that one. Uh, the, he said that they got the, the internship program for the young lady. See, it sounded like they got another one who maybe she can't type either. I said, well, she needs a little <laughs> handhold. You just, you know, calm down. Be patient with her. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Same thing I keep saying. You could grab a random Negro if that is the case. If you got intern programs and you can hold hands and... Co- you grab any black person. You go to the high school GED program and bring them in. We need bodies at the courthouse. Come be a civil servant. We will teach you. If you can't type, don't even worry about it. The standard should be real low. You can't dress correctly. You don't know how to type. Don't even worry about it. We will get you to an etiquette class, teach you how to type, maybe, and we will get you on your way. Nah, 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 nah reserved for white people said got the daughter on the payroll now they got right up the road they got fanny wallace we heard about the early one where they got all these black people where we gonna be investigated cory bush you're gonna be investigated we don't have that that impropriety you can't be just hooking up your your negro cousins and relatives and your boyfriends and girlfriends and wife and hooking them up with all kinds of good no 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 we don't do that Meanwhile, at the courthouse, they said, got the daughter on the like, whoa, she hadn't even been working here that long. Wait a minute. What do you mean? It, nephews, cousins, anybody in the family needed to come on down. We got you. We got you. Like I said, now, you find other folks get to do that. See the Obamas. If, you know, Sasha, Malia, they get hooked up, major government job, we'll have to pay attention, see if it works out. They got white grandma, so. Uh, let's see. The. Uh, not, he said that they were not even dressed professionally. I just, we had just talked about the fellow at Z's, uh, Z's mommy, where the white dude was wearing the, the pop smoke and all that, and he still chilling on the job apparently Mr. Fuller he said I don't even have to wear clothes much less dress professionally I'm white lucky I can type man and you know just go and then he said they pressured the the black brother that's in charge that we need party time for Valentine's Day like man (laughs) man that's our Negro History Month like yes again I'm totally not we do not need any sort of recognition you don't have to announce it we don't need a book list nothing let's just get back to work but if they do want to do the celebration for Valentine's it would be the same thing really same thing we did for Christmas and all of that no thank you you sure we got you know flyer red black and green we could put it up no thank you Valentine no thank you I might just make notes if they do, you know, any sort of decorations for any of all of that. But particularly if I think it does seem like 
wow, this Valentine's thing is really over the top. I think they might be doing this because they feel some type of way about so-called Negro History Month. Like, whoo, especially if I hear any other black people who don't even talk about racism and somehow they end up saying like, dang, it seems like, yeah, this Valentine's thing is like their their counter because they're upset about Negro History Month. So they want to have something that white people can celebrate. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Woo. It is about Cupid. They put that little white baby out there and he gets to be violent, right? They don't have him out. It's not Cupid giving out candy and chocolate. It's a white baby with an arrow. I'll put your eyeball out. White culture, man. I, that is white culture through and through. Dr. Nell Irvin Painter, the history of white people. She talks about exactly that those statues of white boys that is white culture through and through for centuries that's right in her book we talked about it in detail the history of white people anyway much obliged uh we'll be here tomorrow oh man i forgot jeffrey flippin swango i mentioned his name so many times we will be here early on Monday. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Jeffrey Flippin Swango. We will be here early on Monday because time zones, man. Nine hour difference between here and the western part of Africa. Swango is a global story, so I thought, man, we got to talk to some of the folks on the continent about old Mike Swango. Monday morning, we will be here. That's workplace racism, too, because spicy chicken, poison the donuts. That's workplace racism. So that'll be Monday. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. If you were not with us for the book club, you don't know who Michael Swango is. Go back, listen to the archives and all that. But, oh, man, global system of white supremacy, racism. Mike Swango in Africa, Monday on the cows. We're doing compensatory call in before then, but just I totally forgot. We had other programs and things. Mike flipping Swango. Ah, what does it mean to be white? You only have to check my resume. I'm white. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. We need healthy brain computers to solve this problem. It's dry February, it's dry March, it's dry April, dry 2024. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately no name calling no gossiping 
no throwaway offspring. Cow signing up. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, Your brother. Problem. I'm a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.